how do we feel about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? I mean, I think you know how I feel about this. <laughs> I have a shit ton of notes, probably too many. I'm so glad you do, because I, I have no problem being here for four hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I have way, way more than I usually do. A lot of times I'll just like have the movie up and I've made like a few notes, but no, I have a ton. Oh, I'm so I glad. I talk about this movie forever. First of all, it's a two and a half hour fucking movie. So you watched the Netflix one, right? I watched the Netflix one, yeah. Okay. Did you watch the extended? Well, I have the extended. I watched the Netflix one, but I do okay, have cool. the extended. Um, I suppose we could talk a little about the extended scenes there. I only remember one of the scenes. Um, so yeah, you'd have to remind me. Because we watched that a couple years ago. The extended version? They don't add anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, shall we uh, get started? Yeah, let's do it. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James Taylor. And I'm Marcus Parks. And we are back for the month of December talking about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, a classic, an all-timer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, spoiler alert for that, like 30-year-old movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, before we jump into that, I want to talk a little about uh, our media diet. What are you watching lately? Um, I've been watching mostly my catching up on my regular shows. I've been a little bit of away from TV. What are your regular uh, shows? Uh, you know, like watching like Bob's Burgers and things like that. Um, mm. like I, you know, like I downloaded the latest Riverdale. I haven't watched it. I'm not in a huge rush. Uh, I started I can't watching. You've like put that much effort into that show. I know it's weird. <laughs> it seems misguided. Um, I started watching an older movie that I hadn't seen in a while called uh, Child's Play. Not that Child's Play. It's from 1972. It's directed by Sidney Lumet, or Sidney Lumet, uh, starring James Mason, a very, very young, like baby Bo Bridges. Um, I, I don't know, like a show that I could have caught up on, and I watched that a little bit of that instead the other day. So I don't know. I'm a little behind. I'm looking forward to catching me on TV. What about you? What's new? Uh, I've been watching. I guess The Good Place. I've been trying to get through the end of season two of that show. No, I'm not trying. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, it's I don't know. Netflix is so ephemeral. It's it's hard to be consistent with it because it's just always there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the main thing I've been watching. I think I have like one episode left. Oh, cool. Um, other than that, not a lot of TV watching. I can recall. Busy doing other shit. Uh, what are you listening to? Uh, so I've been like mostly if I've been listening to one artist, I've been listening to an artist called Mitski a little bit. And then I've been um, going back to my end of the year playlist. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, the year is almost over. So I was just kind of revisiting that. Yeah. I feel like I, mine still needs work. Yeah. Um, let's see. What have I been listening to? I guess a lot of the 1975. No, okay. just, just kidding. Of course <laughs> I'm not listening to that. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> You in 2018? I just don't know anymore, man. I just wanted the reaction from you. No, of course I'm listening. I think I listen to like on you know on iTunes. I'll play like a minute and a half of a song, and I'm like, this is what everyone's freaking out about. I don't get it. Um, no, in truth, I've probably been listening to a lot of the uh, Mission Impossible Six soundtrack lately. Even though it's like a, just a shameless ripoff of the Dark Knight soundtrack, like I still like it. But so good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, uh, I so like last week I was like I was following your lead. I was thinking about something you had said in a previous headcanon. I was like just watch. They're putting on this like same like Saint Vincent concert over and over again in the background of my office, 
And then, like, I remember, though, months ago, I would just put on the Fallout, like, soundtrack. Like, I had found, like, a somebody had put on YouTube, or it was just, like, one two-hour, you know, mm. YouTube thing. I would just hit play on that over and over again. Man, I got so much stuff done. And even the stuff I didn't get done, it just felt so intense and kind of uneasy. And it's so good. What uh, What do you mean when you say your, your playlist needs work? I just, I feel like I have, like, two songs each from, like, three different albums. And it just, it feels like it needs more variety. Okay. You know, hmm. like, I, I don't know. It's, I feel like between Death Cab and Churches and Metric, like, I can't have that be like, you know, the bulk of my, my year end playlist. I gotta, gotta have some, a little more variety than that. So you're like, this is, this isn't me. This doesn't reflect me. It's just, it just needs more, you know, it needs a little more diversity there. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you what you're reading. And then while you're talking, I'm going to go turn my heater off. So, uh, what are you reading? I can say that because you won't know. Uh, I've been reading a book called Neurotribes by Steve Silverman. He said and paused until James got back. I told you to keep talking. I talked a little bit and I made uh, the teacher from Peanuts Noises for a minute. Hmm. What are you reading? I'm reading a book called Neurotribes by Steve Silverman. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. What's it about? It's about um, our understanding of autism and hmm. okay. neurodiversity. What inspired that? Uh, just some stuff I'm working on. Um, was just kind of curious. I thought I don't I don't know too much about this, so you know, every once in a while I pick up a nonfiction book just to educate myself. Yeah, what know, about you? You know how I feel about nonfiction books. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about nonfiction books? I'm just generally not a fan. Like I. I, I'd rather I can read articles and Wikipedia entries and uh, many other ways of getting my, my nonfiction. I don't want to read a whole nonfiction book. I'd rather read fiction. Okay. So segue back to you. What what are you reading? How's your uh, Star Wars fanfic going? Uh, you know, I'm all out of chapters. Sadly. <gasps> yeah, I know. Oh, apologies. I was mispronouncing horrifically the author's name disasterisms it's actually diasterisms sure somebody irl corrected me Mm, there you (laughs) go anyway i am sadly all out of chapters on that and uh eagerly waiting more although i I would i'm i'm not sure if like i should be just like refreshing that shit every day or like let it build up a little more you know Mm. Uh, but what am i reading right now i started reading another sarah shepherd book the eliza's Okay. Because I was curious. Mostly just because I like the name Eliza. And it's interesting so far. I'm not very far into it. It's the main character is a real kind of nut job piece of work, which could be entertaining. We'll see where it goes. I'm trying to remember what is the one that Caitlin said was actually really good? Is it uh, the Amateurs or is it the Eliza's? Might have been the Amateurs. I can't remember. Okay. But anyways, I'm only like. 50 pages in i think hmm. it's, it's definitely different from her other stuff it's it's more like adult i guess oh this is the uh, this is the first adult. real adult yeah. one yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay hmm. anyway well, way to go sarah shepherd yeah that's about it for that uh shall we jump into the main event god yes please robin of the hood prince of thieves <sighs> this is why don't what, you start 91 this is 91. Oh my God. I have up. Uh, can you, 
can you this is like the, the number two box office hit of 91 can you just do you want to take a wager at some of the other top 10 i know one the other one the number one's Terminator two right right yeah um god 91 i can't even think uh, i'm guessing like a grisham first. was that was the age of grisham upon us yet you know it might have been but it's not in the top 10 hmm. what do you got i'm gonna go 10 to 1 uh city slickers okay hot shots yeah cape fear the adams family jfk silence of the lambs hook beauty and the beast or that's you know it's 10 to 3 surprised that hook got in there but yeah i guess it's the marketing push yeah oh because that fucking poster was huge Mm -hmm. um yeah beauty and the beast number three it's a hell of a year there's there's some some gems there uh, I don't know. It is weird. Like if you look at uh, today's like top ten box office, I feel like the uh, ratio of uh, pieces of shit to like potential classics not quite the same. You know, I mean, what the fuck is Operation Red Sea? That must be a Chinese film. Um, this is worldwide for 2018. Ready Player One at number nine, Ant Man mm. and the Wasp at number eight, Deadpool Two at number seven, Ugh. Mission Impossible Fallout at six, Venom at five. Incredibles 2 at 4, that awful Jurassic World sequel at 3, Black Panther at 2, Avengers at 1. I mean, the Marvel ones, it's kind of hard. They're just so their own thing. But I feel like the Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, everyone's forgetting about that, right? Yeah. Like, Black Panther and Infinity War are both notable in their own ways. I guess the Incredibles 2 is fine. I wasn't that into it. Mission Impossible Fallout was fine, but it was, you know, it's still just an action movie. Like, the rest of this is just crap. Well, I mean, like, I like that this list from 91, there's an incredible amount of, like, variety, too. Yeah, yeah. this is all it's not all superheroes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I would love if, like, you know, like, Game Night was in the the list you just spouted off and all that stuff. I mean, like, just... Let me, see if I can, let me see if I can find um, Domestic, because, yeah, that's that's worldwide, and that's depressing. Let's see, yearly box office, Domestic. So Black Panther, so from 1 to 10, Black Panther, Infinity War, Incredibles 2, Jurassic Park, Deadpool, Mission Impossible, Ant-Man, The Wasps, Solo, Venom, and then The Grinch. So that's almost the same and still really depressing. Mm-hmm. The first original movie you get there would be, I guess, A Quiet Place at number 12. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And they they're re-releasing that Deadpool movie to like pad out the numbers. So, yeah, Ugh. so crass and stupid. You know how like uh, there's that thing where you like you throw your keys at someone and it just hits them in the chest and they stare at you. That's like me with all Deadpool jokes. Like and just like they just no. hit me and I'm like, mm. can I can I take that and turn it just a little bit? Sure. Here's Deadpool in this this year of our Lord 2018. Uh, it's the thing in social network where where yes, Eisenberg exactly. throws, throws the, girl the beer. beer and then he throws it again. But even that's kind of entertaining. And I just I don't know everything Ryan Reynolds. I'm just like no, sorry, didn't laugh. Anyway, what? shall we shall we talk about an awesome movie? I'm just gonna, that scares me is that like ten years from now, some of the assholes is gonna be doing a podcast and they're gonna be like, wow, 2018 was just a fucking like balls out year from films, guys. Look at these top ten, you know. And they'll talk about like Ryan Reynolds. Mm. And it's like where's his mullet? Where is him playing a uh, character of English folklore <laughs> with no hint of an accent? <laughs> um, please, why don't you start on? Uh, 
All right. I'll give you my, my opening statement. I unabashedly love this movie. I think I saw it too early in life to really be capable of having a sort of like detached critical opinion of it. Um, they were discussing on our recent We Hate Movies uh, podcast episode that this has like a lot of Return of the Jedi vibes in it. And I totally see it watching now, which it makes sense because that was my favorite Star Wars movie as a kid. And this movie is just like really hitting a sweet spot there. I, I wore out the VHS tape I had of this movie, like from the uh, Celtic attack onward. I would just watch that constantly. Uh, watch it now. I think Robin Hood probably comes off as a bigger tool than I remember, but Azim <laughs> is still the shit. Um, mm-hmm. I still say it's the best Robin Hood movie that I've personally seen, mostly because I've never seen the Errol Flynn one in its entirety. Um, I mean, I know there's a Disney one. I like that, although it is funny that everyone loves that movie, and it's like actually the nadir of Disney animation in terms of quality. But uh, yeah, mm. this movie, great action-packed fun. Maybe a little long, but uh, you know, go get a drink or something while that the Maid Marian stuff in the middle is happening. In conclusion, this movie rules. Hmm. Um, as a counterpoint, let me just say this movie is maybe perfect. <laughs> Again, way too young to ever judge it critically. I like you. I went through two VHS copies. Um, I, the great again, thing about was, the VHS copies that had the uh, music video that Brian yeah. Adams song at the end, which I had that oh, album by the way, as did I. But also, this was a pretty weird, shitty time technology-wise. Like, like kids have it so easy. This is a time when I had to guesstimate before i had the album i had to guesstimate when the video would be played on mtv to have mm-hmm. my tape recorder right yeah. by the tv to record the song that i could then walk around with just my fucking tape recorder not like a boom box or anything i wasn't saying anything in it I just had a little tape recorder i would just play the recorded from the tv version of you this. know what it's better time yeah that video is amazing for just a weird white guy i just love that they over. The motifs of the the song are in the movie as like yes, the score. Yes, yes. <laughs> and this time I watched it, and I fucking cheered every time. But yeah, I I I wore out my uh, mass market paperback novelization of this movie because I I just I loved it. I want to say this was like fifth grade, but I feel like that doesn't make sense timeline of my life. But yeah, it, I I definitely see the Return of the Jedi vibes. There's a lot of like also Batman Begins kind of vibe yeah. here. Yeah, this was like the first gritty reboot, I think. And let me just put it in because I made the first joke. We are not going to harp on the accent thing whatsoever. Um, what makes this movie even better is that Robin of Loxley will remind you every 10 minutes that he's English, though. <laughs> I just, okay, I, I saw this when I was like, I don't know, 11 or no, I was guess it would have been 10. Like, I definitely never noticed the accents at all. It just like that wasn't something my ear was listening for. And also, if, if you really want to be picky about it, they they'd all be speaking French anyway. Like they'd like, you wouldn't be able to understand what they're saying if it was like really authentic. So whatever. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was a kid who liked little tales of daring do. I read Howard, the Howard Powell, Robin hood. I'm also American. I had no idea about accents, but it didn't bother me in the slightest as a kid. It doesn't bother me now. It's just funny to think about. This is basically like, you know, reminder that Jean-Luc Picard is French, I guess. Um, <laughs> but this movie is just gorgeously bizarre. 1991. Everything is, shot so fascinatingly weird like alternating between like very just workman like and then also just a lot of weird close-ups yeah especially of like michael wincott and mike mcshane occasionally alan rickman just the weird dichotomies of the shit in the crusades and like this romance of robin and marion and then just all the fucking occult black magic druid shit which i adore <laughs> um and then let me just end by saying alan rickman has been in at least 10 of the movies we've done on this on this podcast wow 
um, the way this movie this uses is, him is so character. interesting. He's so different than like some of the roles he got more famous for. Because I mean, first of all, from the very first moment, the sheriff of Nottingham in this movie is a fucking mood. Actually, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, is this or is is Die Hard better? That's a really hard call for me. I uh, he's working so much harder. I feel like so this, is, this, this is bigger. You could make the argument maybe that Die Hard's a little more nuanced, but. Uh, mm-hmm. This is just uh, straight to the back row, like nothing but cotton candy. This oh, performance. Yeah, he's here. he's doing like a sexy comedy play in this movie, <laughs> and like you said, everyone can hear him. He's not even mic'd up. The fucking physical comedy, the villainous contortions he gets into. He is so emotive in his facial expressions, and it's fascinating because he gets these weird close-ups, his strange, wonderful face, and then the other time he's like he's evil, but he's also like a petulant child throwing these. <laughs> brilliant tantrums who oh, told I you fucking... to cover up yeah <laughs> um and i don't want to be shitty but can i make a prediction right sure. now can i write on a piece of paper and slide over you're gonna put will scarlet as your number one in the rankings that's my feeling i uh well we'll see i i, I don't do, is that like a dig or something no not at all i didn't want okay. it to come off that way but i was just i was watching this last night and i was just like i bet i bet he uh he really vibes on will scarlet hmm. this time well, okay we shall see uh, moments do you have? Well, you know, real quick, I was just thinking I should have included this in my opening statement. So I don't know if you can recall when you saw this originally. I remember I saw this at the drive-through, uh, the first time I saw it, mm. and it's it like kind of like sticks out in my mind because I remember my dad took me and we were in the back seat of his, we were in the back of his pickup truck, like we just like put like lawn chairs in the back and like park backwards, mm. and I had this memory of like he was. I was in the back of the, the pickup truck and he was in the cab. Like he had like the door open and I like leaned down to talk to him and he shut the door right on my fucking head and it hurt so fucking much. But like, then I watched this movie and by the end of the movie, it didn't hurt at all. That's how good this movie is. I don't know if that's the best story I've ever heard of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, what are you drinking? Oh, I was having an Alex drink. Oh, I should make another one. What about you? I just got some accumulation. A winter IPA. I was going to say, this is definitely a film. You need to, a little yeah, lubrication. A little yeah, I mean, just yeah. in honor of Friar Tech. So I have, I have like four. <laughs> Friar Tech, it's great. I have like four honorable mentions. Okay, because I have eight moments total. Okay, well, you go first then. Um, all right, you keep track of where, where we leaned off. Uh, number eight, it's just, and I, I had to cut out like three, but number eight, it's just the river duel of Little John and Robin Hood. Oh, okay. I mean, that's just fucking great. I mean, it makes no sense spatially, but it's like the second of the movies, like uh, quite a few nut shots. It's a bloody it's shame. A- he was a brave lad. What? In a movie that has the theme, because I think you were talking about how they cut out Little John from uh, the new terrible one. Well, no, they um, just, they, he's, he's kind of Little John. Um, what's his face? Uh, Jamie Foxx, but it, it's dumb. Yeah, unfortunately, I saw that new one. Uh, also with my dad and uh, not quite as memorable. Just a, How just did make he shit show. physically hurt you before that one? I think he drove was me it, to the theater. He bought the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just also the guy who plays Little John, like what a fucking look that guy's got. <laughs> like he looks like like a lesser oh, he, brother. <laughs> I think that actually is Little John. Like, yeah. I, I don't know anyone else who could possibly play him. By the way, I should say it wasn't intentional on my dad's fault. Part. It was an accident. <laughs> He felt very bad about it, I could tell. Uh, anyways, uh, on my honorable mention number four, and these are all, I mean, the rankings here are just nonsense, you know, because it's its hard to say what's better than what. 
But um, the catapult jump is just so awesome. When they yeah. uh, they get on the, the catapult and launch themselves over the wall. Yeah, when Riggs and Murtaugh it's there. completely their- ludicrous. Like, why, why did they think that would work? Did they know yeah. that there was like a big, you know, cart full of straw on the other side they're going to land in? Nope. Nope. And just, <laughs> the hilarity of Will Scarlet being like, fuck me, they made it. Fuck me, he cleared it. Yeah. Great. Uh, there are those, well, there, you know, there are people out there who would say, you know, the term fuck was not uh, used in that way. It hadn't been invented yet. And to them, I say, fuck you. Well, I mean, had the mullet been invented? Or did Kevin Costner just perfect it, you know, in the medieval times slash 1991 of this movie? Uh, my number seven moment is just, uh, this, is, this is just, I don't know, what can I say? I'm romantic. Mm. Everything when Marion comes for her overnight in Sherwood Forest. So you're a big fan of that, huh? I might be. Yeah, huh. I might okay. be. To me, that's it's like the burn. one part the movie drags. Oh, well, open up your heart to this 1991 horniness. Uh, it's a slow burn. It's mostly chase. It builds to them making like intense fuck eyes energy at each other, which is c- funny considering whenever she talks about the Robin of Loxley of old, he sounds like a nightmare. Oh, he sounds like a fucking asshole. <laughs> Burning her hair. Yeah. Also, also, I won't get into it, but it's like, it's only been six years. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's in my notes. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, what are we at? My honorable mention number three. The uh, the flaming arrow shot is just so cool. Oh yeah, yeah, love it. Taking out Jack Hitch. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a fucking trailer moment right there. Um, number six is one. Uh, this movie just gets this moment just gets me. It's when Will Scarlet shows back up and he reveals in the last half an hour of the movie that he's also Robin Hood's secret <laughs> half brother. And this this great line of uh, "You ruined my life." I can't do the Jack Nicholson impression that is christian slater's existence and his best role ever but i have more reason to hate you than anyone but i found myself daring to believe you what i want to know brother will you stay with us and finish what you started and i was like oh shit will he Mm -hmm. (laughs) well scarlet for some reason we're in like purple in this movie this was like the original gritty reboot where like we're not going to do the costumes the way you remember type of deal you know thank thank god we're going to wear these well, I don't know. I don't know what you describe half of these outfits, but they're definitely made by the same costume designer. There's a lot of like ball bearings sewn into. I have a lot of questions about Azim's like final outfit, or not his yeah, final, final, but the second final outfit. Yeah, yeah, that outfit is intense. That outfit is like ribbed for like destruction. What and exactly pleasure. do the weird like kind of rivulets of like melted, like you know, melted and hardened iron? Like, what are they doing? Is that like, does it serve a purpose? Because it seems like you can still stab through that or slash through that. So, mm-hmm. well, also, is that like dramatically uncomfortable when he sits down? Yeah, I wonder. Does he sit down and he's just like, ooh, Allah. <laughs> All right, number two. I have uh, an honorable mention number two. Uh, when Nottingham k- kills Sir Guy of Gisborne. Um, God, I love it. Well, at least I didn't use a spoon. <laughs> cousin, cousin. Oh, I love it. He just like leaves it. He's like, guy isn't even dead yet. And he just walks out. Like, guy's still going to be like bleeding out and like dying slowly and painfully and like shitting himself on the floor of that like blacksmith shop for another half hour, probably. <laughs> he just turns to the, the forgers and he's just like, good sword. <laughs> uh, whenever five is the sheriff's wedding. I mean, this is like a huge moment, but just everything has gone tits up for him. He's dragged Marion from the siege into this like, this chapel in the church or in the, the castle has been redecorated for like a black mass mortiana shows up the bishop's dragged in and then uh this moment just gets so nuts like marion's screaming that she'll never marry the sheriff so like the witch hits her 
And then the sheriff slaps Morty in and yells, that's, that's my, my wife, wife crown. <laughs> oh, and then, and then it just it keeps going. We're like, she starts like, Morty starts like caressing uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastriano's like uh, belly and she's just like, take her now. She's ripe. Uh. And then just the whole speech. I will not take her until we were properly wed. For once in my life, I will have something pure. Will you stop interfering? <laughs> All right. What are we on? Number one honorable mention now? Yeah. Uh, the just the battle with the Celts overall is awesome. Mm. Uh, everything about it, you, you really get to see Azim get into action there. Robin's shooting people left and right. He's like at some point, I don't know if they just like fucked up and like put the uh, negative in backwards, but like he seems to be shooting left-handed occasionally, and like sometimes he's mm-hmm. shooting right-handed. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on there. It was, I was really watching this movie trying to get an idea of like how good Costner is with a bow. It's hard to tell by the way they shoot it. Right. You usually don't you usually see it from like behind his shooting hand. So, you know, like from behind his back. So you can't really see what he's doing. But anyway, that battle's awesome. On one hand, he's no Jeremy Renner. And on the other hand, he's no Jeremy Renner. Renner's yeah. pretty bad. I mean, well, I mean, uh, if, like uh, what's her face? Uh, J-Law in the Hunger Games movies is actually pretty decent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that one of your top archers in cinema? I mean, she's up there. Yeah. I wonder who okay. the top one is. Yeah, who's your top one? I feel like, like I don't know, maybe like Robin Hood Fox version would be up there. I've never Number seen the Aaron Flynn one, so I don't know how good of an archery is in that. Number one, Robin Hood Fox. Number two, J-Law. Number three, <laughs> Sterling Archer. Number four, yeah. Um, number four moment is, this is a great just, well, let me go back to your moment real quick too. This is the beauty of the 90s when it's like, I don't really know where the hell anything is in that sequence, and that's fine. Like they, it's not it's not disruptive. You know what I mean? Like whereas like watching a Transformers action sequence, I don't it's just I'm just floating in time and space uncomfortably. And that one, like I, I know there's like treetop villages and the Celts are coming from here and there and there's well, I think smoke there's a, and there's flaming arrows. It's like this is great. I love it, it. It has a general feel of ebb and flow of the battle, even yeah, even if it doesn't have the advantage of like modern effects and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. feels like you're you're being told a story and not just seeing random violence. Right. Yeah, my number four moment in this great like medieval leaf and weapon movie is uh, after they've just gotten back to England and Robin's confronting a guy in the, the sheriff's men as they're hunting down Wolf the boy, and he's just like, "I'm curious what kind of fearsome creature requires six men and dogs to hunt it down? Did we capture the devil himself?" And he's like, "Start like fucking these dudes up," while like Azim is just uh, um, like praying, getting his prayer in, yeah, getting his prayer on, like not at all like caring about redeeming his vow at the moment. He's fucking busy, man. It's like he says, "You whine like a mule. You're still alive." <laughs> oh, he's so good. This is back before Morgan Freeman was a touch problematic. Is he? Well, there were some accusations. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a shame. Wish he hadn't told me that. Okay, uh, where are we at? Number three. So I, I have Robin Hood and Little John here. I just love this fight. I love uh, the weird song that Will Scarlet sings at the beginning when he trips him. I love that Robin Hood somehow loses a sword in like a foot of water. Um, and then just the the fucking quarterstaff fight. I mean, I, I feel like this movie hits almost all the Robin Hood beats. It doesn't really have an archery contest, but it's got everything else. You know, mm-hmm. got to have that quarterstaff yeah. fight. Yeah, you got to have that. That's one of those moments from lore when how he meets mm-hmm. little John and, and they become pals. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. My number three <laughs> is when the sheriff's running away from his scribe through the castle. He's bemoaning the injustices he has to deal with. Then he passes by that statue of himself where someone's now <laughs> drawn a scar on the cheek to match his own. 
So he's trying to wipe that that off. And then he looks back at the two like downtrodden women who are lingering near. <laughs> this is your number three. Yeah. You, my room, 1030 at night. And you, 1045, bring a friend. <laughs> I'm sure that was all ad lived. I mean, the, the legend of this movie is that Alan Rickman only took the role if he could basically do whatever he wanted. And he just like had his own writers writing his dialogue. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my number two overall, uh, just the the sequence when they steal the gold that was meant for the barons. It's also where they kind of capture Friar Tuck. Uh, just mm. everything about that's so awesome. Like all the kind of cool woodland camouflage stuff that they do, like the little like holes that they hide in with the the fake turf over it. Like I don't know, it's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, the little like canopy things where they're yeah. just yeah, that's it's and so the guy comes back and there's just like a single helmet on the ground. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of moments, too, where, like, when the two guys who, like, you think that they fucked up, it's uh, mm-hmm. Bull and the other guy. And it's, like, guys' horses almost trample, like, the little thing where they're hiding, the canopy where they're hiding. I know. And it's I, so close. I, I love it. <laughs> uh, my number two moments. This, this might ex- explain why I love this so much. It's when Robin first goes to see the Lady Marion. Um, and he's in their castle. And, like, he's talking to what he thinks is her at first. The years uh, have been kind. Yeah. Um, and so she's like this, this woman, Sarah, is trying to like throw him out. You know, she's doing like the uh, uh, the Kira Knightley, Sophia Coppola, Padme, you know, double thing. And he's she's like trying to throw him out. And he's like, well, I would go, my lady, but I'm sworn to protect you. And she's like, protect me. Ronald Loxley is nothing but a bully. And then suddenly there's like a, a sword in his back. And she's like, and as you can see, we've got enough protection. And he gets in this huge fight with somebody. It's, of course, Marion. And so she or he burns her hand, make her scream and drop her sword. And then she just knees him right in the balls. Mm. Oh, I love it. That's the nineties, man. A lot of a lot of just ball kneeing and general, you know, trauma to the crotch. Mm-hmm. It, was, it's, it was character development and it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my number one is just the, the sword fight finale. I fucking love that fight. It's so balls to the wall. Like these guys are not fencing. They are not flinting it up. They're just like sw- it's like you gave two people who didn't know how to fight with swords swords and said kill each other. It's great. The uh the little amount that their swords actually connect to. Yeah. Well, it's just, so, it's so incredibly reckless. Like you get the feeling that like it was a little dangerous on the set. <laughs> well, and the, the, oh, the, you, you, maybe they actually have a real grudge against each other. Yeah. Like the amount of shit that they're throwing at you. Like there's a great bit when, uh, the sheriff like just knocks the blade almost completely off Robin's sword. Yeah. And so Robin just like stares at it soon. and just throws it. <laughs> yeah. Quench too soon. <laughs> have you watched any more forge and fire? <laughs> I have not. No. Okay. No, I have not. Maybe, of course, I thought about someday. that watching this yeah. movie. Um, oh, there's, there's a lot one. of blacksmithing in this, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a real blacksmith boner. Uh, this big action moment just haunted me in a huge way when I was a kid. When they're all being like hung, like, oh, yeah. Like, Wolf is the first kid to have his thing kicked away. And like, it's not, this isn't one of those like sudden fall hangings where your neck is broken instantly. This is like you dangle. Until you're just basically like mm. choked to death. Everyone's freaking out. Robin's like firing arrows, like trying to like break the rope. Azim's blowing shit up. Um, God, so much happens here. It's so good. It's just this big climax of action in this yeah. courtyard in the castle. It's a pretty fucking great moment. Yeah. I mean, the last half an hour of this movie it's is awesome. like, it's better than well, the first two hours, but like whole other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any complaints? Uh, not a single one. This movie's perfect. Okay, I mean, I agree, but I do have some minor minor issues. Um, I I do feel like it drags a little when Marion shows up. Mostly, like the pregnancy stuff. I feel like we probably didn't need that. It, it just feels a little long. 
the pregnancy uh, stuff. Yeah, when Fanny's like having the kid and like Azim has to like oh. do a cesarean or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like he could have tightened up at the middle a little. Um, the weird wide angle close ups, sometimes they they call attention to themselves in ways where I'm like, what was up with all the close ups? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then not really a complaint. It's just more of an observation. Robin's kind of a tool and it seems mm-hmm. like Costner's too old to be playing him likably. Like, I never really thought about it before, but, like, how old would you say Costner is in this? I know how old he is. Okay. Do you want to know how old he is? Uh, is he, like, 35? He's 36. 36. Yeah, it just this is, it seems... This it, is, he looks like he's, like, 40, though. I don't know. He looks old. He's a, he's a good-looking 40. I ah, Sorry, I keep bumping this. Uh, I was looking up... I was, like, I was positive that, like, he was one of people's sexiest men. So, I spent, like, way too long on the internet mm. Googling this. I don't think so. No, he wasn't. Um, but my God, some of the tools that have graced that cover, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. No. I just it, I could see a younger actor playing this character. I guess I can see that. I mean, what's hilarious to me again is for the idea to be believable for thirty seconds that Maid Marian and Robin don't recognize each other yeah. six years later when they're both in their thirties. <laughs> see, it would make sense if he was supposed to be like twenty three in the movie yeah. or something and like she hasn't seen him since he was 17 yeah 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 and she's like 21 or something mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all right those are my only real complaints anyways let's get into the general discussion um right off the bat the credits of this movie are something you would not see anymore like where we're just well, got a, a credit sequence yeah. yeah, we're, we're ta- ta- panning over this fucking tapestry while big heroic music plays which by the way the score for this movie is 1991 perfect definitely yeah it like eventually became the score like the little opening logo thing like mm-hmm. that like became the music for that logo after this it's really weird mm-hmm. so like you'd see other movies by the same production company and it had that same music mm-hmm. um yeah so we get to like these title cards 800 years ago richard the lionheart king of england led the third great crusade to reclaim the holy land from the turks uh, and then there's most of the young English noblemen who flocked to his banner and never returned home. Bum, bum, bum. Well, in this tapestry, like this makes, I mean, everyone has like weak jaws and like it's, it's, it's in profile. So like it makes medieval life look more conversational. I think it actually was. I, I mean, I, like I have, invented like, I don't know. I'm not an art history major, but like classicalism. I don't know. There's no, like, they haven't yeah. invented like perspective yet. You know? Well, but like in general, I, I can assume that there's two types of questions that were asked during medieval times. One, oh fuck, where can I take a shit? Mm-hmm. Two, oh fuck, what the hell did I just shit? And does this mean I'm going to die? And the answer is probably yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Richard Lionheart's gone off to the Crusades, the Third Crusades. This is basically a sequel to Lion and Winter. Um, and then there's Robin. He's there with his bro Peter, who's Peter <laughs> so weak, he's, he's useless. This is, I have so many questions about this opening sequencer and this like jail slash like torture chamber of the turks here in jerusalem (laughs) so it seems like they've been in jail for like five years like robin has this like crazy like castaway hair you know Mm -hmm. like this ridiculous fake beard and and long hair but it seems to imply they've been in jail for like five years right Mm -hmm. and so and there there's like this investigation going on into who stole the bread and it's like has this been going on for five years and if so does it seem like maybe this is a little bit of an extreme investigation for who stole the bread? Mm. Well, this is some real John McCain shit, right? And they're yeah. cutting off people's hands and everything all to yeah. figure out who stole the bread. And it's like, 
why why don't you just like execute them all by now or like just like you know put them on ships rowing oars or something well even the guy with the sword has got to been like the bread is not that important yeah (laughs) but also there's another guy who his job is just to tie the hand of the person about to lose the hand oh yeah and what i love about it is that he pulls on that rope or that leather thing and his job is just to make eye contact with these folks all day (laughs) they get their hands cut off that guy takes pride in his work yeah yeah, I love well, you. You got to love that job if you're going to show up every day and make that shift. But I love to get that sword nice and hot before yes. it cuts through hands uh, to cauterize it. Yeah, they like put that thing in the coals. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, it was like cheesy line. This is English courage. Whatever, dude. I wanted almost like like him to be like, I've been here so long, I've lost my accent. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to do any more accent jokes. <laughs> they tortured it out of me. Um, I mean, yeah, this so is a Rob- pretty cool move the way he like pulls his hand back and like presumably this guy gets like his head cut off or something. I don't know. We don't really see. I think he gets his his hand cut off. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've always assumed. That's been my personal head cut. I mean, because he lunges like way over. It's hard to see. You don't really see exactly what happens. So, there, but... like, yeah, Robin and his bro Peter are going to get out of there. The only person they can rescue is Morgan Freeman's character, who they they know because they've just made eye contact with him like two minutes before this. Morgan Freeman's character is there because he's sentenced to death. He is tied up with ropes. Everyone else is there who's like, they're going to be lightly maimed because they stole some bread. Yeah. They are chained. Yeah, they're like, you who murdered someone in our sentence of death, you get the rope. Uh, those guys get chains. They stole bread. Yeah. I so, mean, maybe even these guys just know that Azim's just like such a cool dude that like they're going to go easy on him. Uh, yeah, they're, they're afraid that they're going to upset him when they mm-hmm. assassinate him or we don't want to we're going to execute you but we don't want to piss you off because we know that's going to be bad yeah so they escape um the last thing i'd ever want to do is drag my open wounds through medieval dungeon sewers yeah like, right on realistically they die five minutes later from every infection ever <laughs> well and then uh, they're climbing out of these sewers and like there's like a guard he's like probably a hundred feet away on like a on like a parapet or something he turns around and just immediately fires an arrow. Like, how do you know that those aren't like your dudes that you're firing an arrow at? More importantly, <laughs> they get their first breath of freedom and Peter immediately takes an arrow in the back because that's how hard he sucks. <laughs> and then Peter immediately declares that it's mortal. Yeah. He's like, the wound is mortal. Leave me be. It's like it happened two seconds ago, dude. Yeah. And then he's going to run off and like like distract everyone for him. Yeah. I almost wanted them like rather than Duncan just to drag Peter through the rest of this movie with like an mm-hmm. arrow on his back. <laughs> Go on without me, my lord. Yeah. So yeah, Peter has a, has his dying wish is give this ring to my sister Marion. And I just kept thinking like he carried his ring up his ass in the crusades for 5 years. Sorry. His wound uh, is by the heart. We cannot save him. <laughs> And then he just like grabs a sword and runs and like I don't think Peter takes out even one of these dudes. No. He's purely a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just holding oh. the sword over his head. What are you doing, you idiot? Yeah, so Robin and Azim will like literally run around a corner and like just like duck down. Yeah. <laughs> they just duck down and like they start stealing more food. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Just a shit ton of melons. But this is the kind of thing that you just I don't think you realistically you do this in a movie anymore where somebody's just like no you saved my life i'm gonna hang out with you and do it life but i mean can you do that anymore a chewy i mean but it's coffee i mean you know problematic ish i guess you could say but i mean azim is such a fucking amazing character in this movie that i think they they get away with it yeah so wonderfully 
that night that <laughs> Robin has escaped. We cut to Lockley Castle with his dad. I just love that the he's in jail for stealing a loaf of bread. He takes off with like several melons and an entire live chicken. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh yeah, that's a hell of a meal. Um, again, amazing, amazing casting. Brian Blessed is Robin Hood's oh, dad. Yeah, boss ass here. Uh, the guy who gets to say Gordon's alive. Um, so Robin Hood Senior is writing this intense letter to King Richard. It's like, hey, how are you? How are the crusades going? Were you there? My son got captured. Who captured him? Is he still angry if his poppy? <laughs> also, did you get a look at the uh, yeah. the portrait of Robin on the wall? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but that's bad. Uh-huh. It's like a it's like an old timey Patrick Nagel painting. It's so ridiculous. Like if Robin was a vampire or something, he's so pale. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Lord Loxley here, kind of a moron. He's just like, oh, someone's attacking my people. I'm going to like totally tool up by myself and like full Mm -hmm. armor. And like he doesn't even have like a second. Like there's nobody else in your house right now that can help you out. It's worthless ass Duncan isn't helping. I'm not the person to answer this because I don't have a heroic bone in my body. But if I did, even I would wait to the morning, you know, after one of the pores came by and was like, hey, help us out. I'd be like, let's call the banners or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. Let's rest it up. Yeah. Yeah, so Brian Blessed suits up, grabs his big-ass sword. Um, this shot has stuck in my head forever. Uh, even to the, earlier this week, I left my office, like, you know, when it's night. And just any time I step out into the dark and, like, just the light silhouettes mm, around yeah. me out into it, I always think of this shot. It's a lot of that out. in this movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes fucking front door, and there's a bunch of fucking Death Eaters just waiting for him. Here's the thing. There's, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 25 of these people. They're just, mm-hmm. They just have torches and like swords. I feel like Brian Blessed could take these dudes. You're on a war horse. Let's just like write them down. Like oh, so he's it, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got armor and everything on. Like, I don't know. I feel like he goes down like a chump. Also, they are 300 yards away. So when the sheriff takes off his mask and sneers, Brian Blessed's like, you. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> And then the king shall hear of this. I will write him a long-winded letter about it because we're pen pals. Well, the whole like undercooked plotline here of like Nottingham being this like weird like black mask devil black mass uh, devil worshiper thing going on. Like it's so there's more of it in the deleted scenes, but even then, I feel like it doesn't make a ton of sense. Nope, nope. <laughs> just like sure, but whatever. It's like once it's. Once it's in the movie, it just defies all logic and just fucking go with it. Like, once mm-hmm. you accept the Mordiana character <laughs> and you I don't mean, have any choice. Alan Rickman's so good that you just kind of look past it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Brian Blessed just, like, grabs his sword and charges into these ugh, these fucking assholes. Um, I would have gone right back inside and hold up for a while. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> You're in a castle. As I understand it, the whole purpose of the castle is to withstand sieges for a like, while, right? You don't at least have like a couple dudes who can like help you out with this. You just have Duncan. Yeah, yeah I, fuck. I would put Duncan in the catapult and fire him at these assholes. Mm-hmm. That's what he's good for. That's all he's good for. Uh, yeah, anyways, but so they get him. Yeah, cut to the cliffs of Dover. It's like four months later. Robin Hood and Azim have like both found like their cool outfits now. Uh, Robin Hood's really extra here, like rolling around in the sand and like kissing it and everything. Like, relax. Well, his outfit is like leather shit and rags, and he is just like a pig in shit. And it's oh, yeah. like the sand. Um, as Morgan Freeman struts up and is like, You are strange, Christian. So, I've always been confused about this next part where like the, these other boot, boat dudes seemingly try to attack Azim, 
did Robin Hood mm-hmm. like hire them to attack Azim to like convince him he was unwelcome or something? Well, first question for you: With what money? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't, they have I, ATMs it, in the medieval world. Yeah, it's like he's. It's like this is the favor I guess he wants to do to Azim is to release him, so he's going to have these dudes beat the fuck out of him. But he kicks the shit out of the first one. And the other guys are like, nah, fuck this. We're just well, it it would have made back. more sense to hire somebody to attack him, and then Azim could like interfere and be like, I saved your life now. And be like, oh, you're cool. You're, you're, you're released. Yeah. Robin's not a thinker. Yeah, well, because really at the is. end, he's like, oh, of course you know I had to try. And it's like, you're just an asshole, Robin. Oh, this is, this is the basis for a great friendship. And Azim not only does this badass thing, he tells you why. Like, no man controls my destiny, especially one who attacks from downwind and stinks of garlic. And then Robin's like, LOL, you're okay. Let's do this thing, kid. Mm-hmm. Also, just Kevin Costner's hair. Yeah, see, his hairline, I think. Anyone hair. The hairline is what distracts me the most, because that is really riding back from the forehead. That is a five head for sure. And <laughs> I feel like if you're supposed to be like 24 or whatever, you got to have more hair. Well, it's funny, too, because Kevin Costner's whole affect now is he's just so chill and laid back and stoic. And he's just fucking goofballing this movie. Yeah, um, he really he's is. naive. As they're dancing around on the step on the the, the the wall there, he's just like, "Our fighting days are over, my friend." It's like, "Oh, are, are you also going to retire tomorrow?" <laughs> he's such a dick. He's just like telling Azim tells him his name means great one, and he goes, "Great one, really? Did you give yourself this name? Nah, what an ass." <laughs> Oh, and then if you didn't think he was an asshole already, he's just like, ooh, I'm so magically, wonderfully goddamn home to be back in England. Hey, look, it's mistletoe. Many maids lost their resolve to be thanks to this little plant, which, yikes. Azim turns around and gives him this look like, oh, shit, you're a fucking date rapist. He's (laughs) like, in my country, we talk to women. We do not drug them with plants. Brock Turner, yeah. (laughs) Azim's just got to be thinking like, god damn, all the people I could owe a life debt to. It's this asshole. Well, here's what here's what I'm saying. Here's the loophole. It seems like, man, you're terrible. I should kill you. Yeah. Oh wait, I won't. I'll just leave. I vow achieved. <laughs> I've spared your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Azim's talking about how the, in this country there are women who are so fucking gorged that like you just lose your goddamn mind over them. And Robin's just like, oh well, is that why you were in prison, bro? So I gotta ask because Robin's like such a he's like acting like such a dork about all this like love talk. Is Robin a virgin? Could he be? I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know if this is just like uh, like a room talk about like the maids who lost their resolve to him. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if he was. Because mm. he seems pretty uh, inexperienced. He's like, he's, he might as well be talking about cooties when uh, Zim starts talking about love <laughs> and, and whatnot, you know. We can't go into Sherwood Forest. It's haunted with cooties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's like really hitting up uh, Azim with this. Oh, was she Amola's daughter? Was she another man's wife? Was she worth it? And Azim's just like worth dying over. And it's like, oh, that's <laughs> going to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then uh, this kid wolf comes running, bounding into the movie, which it's like, you've been back in England for 10 minutes and this country's fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, the score has really kind of been dropping into minor keys to let us know that like something something's coming soon. And then Wolf shows up. He runs up a tree guy and his men like release a bunch of dogs after him robin decides to go down there and like start some shit uh do you notice that uh all the uh the bad guys here have crossbows because crossbows are for bad guys yep yep yeah yeah so uh also guy of gisborne love him 
Michael Wincott. What a fascinating. What else has Michael Wincott been in? Uh, I, the only thing I know him from is like season nine or maybe ten of uh, Twenty Four, where he was um, he was like Chloe's like he was basically like an Assange type. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. Yes, the like die another day or live another day or whatever. Like yeah, that yeah. season one where he throws Catelyn Stark out of a window while she's handcuffed. Great fucking season. That's a good season. That's that's kind of crazy that that was the last of Kiefer. But like that, that's right. That's his real voice. He really talks like this. I love it. I'm just gargling an ashtray. Uh, yeah. So also Wolf gets up in a tree. It's not that high up. And I know that because this child climbed up there and guy Gisborne's just like you with the battle ax cut down this tree. It looks like it's going <laughs> to take, take four hours. That's going to take weeks. <laughs> not a great plan. This, the diameter of this trunk is at least three feet. Yeah. They're going to be there it's a like, while. Just throw the ax at the kid for fuck's sake. You might as well just try to light this tree on fire. You know? Yeah. Well, they have crossbows. They can't shoot them. I don't know. (laughs) Well, they, they, you know, everyone knows gravity. I guess they want crossbows. They want to just capture him, maybe. I don't know. Also, Wolf is prolific. Later on, Robin's like, oh, so you, like, you caught one of the sheriff's deer, which is like the thing, big thing from like the Errol Flynn one was the the king's deer. And he's like, hundreds. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So he takes them on on his own, like, fucks up uh, Guy Gisborne. I love that they have the little nose guard on their helmets the soldiers because those things are always warped and bent and like if they're not like robin will kick him in the face well every time i see one of those like robin is constantly punching these soldiers in the face how is he not like breaking his fist on one of those nose guards it's like somehow he always avoids it even the sheriff when he hits that one dude like five times in the face yeah yeah, so he gives Zima a hard time for not like helping him out, and Zima's just like, I fulfill my vows when I choose. Well, first of all, so Robin, like, you know, the shit goes down. Guy Gisborne is on a horse. He's got a sword out, and he doesn't like. He just gets knocked over by Robin somehow. Like, yeah. I think Guy might actually suck at fighting. Hubris. Well, I mean, nepotism hire. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sheriff's cousin had to hire he's him. Hired, he's hired for his look. Uh-huh. Um, but I just there's a great like Pendesham line here after that, I fill my vows in the shoes and Robin's like, oh, does that not include prayer time, meal times, or any time I'm outnumbered six to one? Like, <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Robin. The dude, he's he's doing his like uh, his evening prayer. Don't yeah. bother him. Don't don't fucking go pick a fight while he's doing that. You know, just wait. You, you just wait. Like that guy could have been hacking away <laughs> at that tree for like five minutes. Like nothing that's gonna change. <laughs> yeah, they're not making a dent in that tree. They just tire themselves out. Yeah, so we got to Nottingham Castle. This guy goes over and goes to like confront the sheriff, but this Robin Loxley bullshit and like tell him what's up. There's a dude whose whole job is just to tell the people and the sheriffs not to be disturbed. So of course, guy like throws that guy to the ground for like questioning him. Nottingham is like a weird pervert in this movie. <laughs> Everybody in this movie is a weird pervert. Nineties. <laughs> Who told you to cover up? Yeah, it's just <laughs> He's like just admiring what? the shape of this winch. Uh huh. And they bring in the statue like right now. Like, was were they just gonna do this anyway? Like, even though he's in there with uh, some woman, they're just gonna bring his statue in and set it up. I would, whatever fortune I ever amass in my life, I would, I would give it all up to go back in time and be in the room when they talk about like what Alan Rickman's look in this movie would be. Like when he sits down with somebody and there's like pictures of like Robert Smith from The Cure. Mm-hmm. And like Neil Gaiman, Sandman, and just like they're trying to defy like the look. Like when they start talking about the hair, I would kill to hear about 
the big weird <laughs> industrial goth perm hair and all the product he's got. Um, but fortunately, the women look miserable, and and when they're like just being subjugated like this, yeah. And then he goes downstairs to talk to Mortiana, which just this whole character is so fucking bizarre. But like you said, he just had to go with it. Also, did you have a problem when Guy Gisborne refers to "I met a hooded man"? I met a hooded man. Does he have a hood? Yeah. Does he yeah. not have a hood? Oh, I no, he's no. I mean, if he does, you can't tell. He may be a cloaked man. I mean, he technically yeah. there's like a hood on his cloak. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like he's wearing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just it's hilarious. Like again, the sheriff's wearing this like ultimate goth super bathrobe. He looks like he's about to play erotic patty cake with this girl when he's just like, I trust that Lockley has visited his home or his manor and found the home fire still burning. <laughs> he has this adorable <laughs> evil little kid. <laughs> yeah. So he gets to the castle, finds his father like strung up and just like bloated and gross. Yeah, the I, it's been four months. He's still there. Not sure. I don't know. How was Duncan surviving? What is he eating? Yeah, Duncan. They sewed Duncan's eyes shut. That guy Gizmore did while the sheriff watched. Apparently, mm. and his witch looking on. Oh, witch. Th- that reminds me. One thing, real quick. Um, it, it's right after this bit where they're like, like they buried the father. And Azim, like, Azim's been making excuses this whole time about, like, why he can't leave Robin. Like, oh, I have this, like, life dead. I owe you, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's my honor. And then eventually mm-hmm. he's just like, I, I actually have nothing left to go back to. So, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Duncan's yeah. gross. Um, well, Duncan, I know he's, like, a crazy old man. But, like, he does mention that the sheriff has a witch. And everyone's like, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that fly by. <laughs> like, is that common knowledge? Yeah, yeah, but supposedly the the sheriff caught Robin's dad like worshiping the devil, and so hence this. Uh, they uh, they bury Robin's dad. Um, Robin does that thing that I would never ever do. I'll never get that place in my life where he cuts his palm and like squeezes some blood That's out. That's a revenge. that is a little bit extra. Yeah, that looks like it fucking hurts. Yeah, and again, it's medieval times. You are yeah. going to die from that wound in two weeks. <laughs> Robin uh, died two weeks later. <laughs> but even Morgan Freeman has this look on his face like ah gross yeah it's like <laughs> shitting out his own entrails yeah yeah so so i'm sorry the moriana scene the sheriff literally prances down the steps <laughs> like a like a fucking music video there's like fog machines and like dry eye it's so bizarre Fogs everywhere yeah <laughs> she's she reads the future by like cracking eggs full of blood into plates and like like running like rune chips through there it's it's amazing she's got um crazy that. coke nails yeah I keep thinking this is Tracy Ullman for some reason. No, it's like some some old yep. like Hollywood like star from the 30s or something like that. Like she was like this like babe back in the day. And also, like one of her final roles. Also, Miss Marple. Oh, nice. I, I have some details about her like legacy afterwards, but uh, yeah, she freaks out. She sees their deaths. She sees a painted man. He haunts her dreams. Oh, so ridiculous! I love it. Yeah, and then yeah. we got to go visit Maid Marian here. I love when the. Uh, the door woman just slams his fingers in the little hole there. It looks that looks like it fucking hurts. That looks I, like you're gonna I be think, collecting your fingertips off the ground. I think it actually did hurt Kevin Costner because his reaction is pretty good. Like I'm not sure if that's acting. <laughs> um what I love is that half the time it feels like this movie has the same production values as Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so just this old lady who's going to protect Marion's virtue at the door is hilarious. So she only allows Robin in to see Marion. 
Um, and just outside, of course, this ridiculous scene of Duncan's just like, curse the Moors. If it weren't for them, Master Robin would have never left. And he's like, well, say, what manner of name is Azim? Irish? What Cornish? Asshole. <laughs> Duncan sucks. And then, of course, Azim just struts over real close, like, Moorish! In your fucking face. Yeah, so we already talked about this scene. This is very much like a Return of the Jedi vibes thing here, like Leia and like the bounty yeah. hunter outfit, you know? Loves you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he totally burns her hand. Good move, Robin. Yeah. And well, she's anyway, she's like, thanks for my brother's ring or whatever, but fuck you guys for leaving and I can take care of myself. <laughs> she doesn't seem like that happy to get Peter's stupid ring. Back. Yeah, it's like great. Carried it up his ass. Um, they talk outside afterwards. Her mom's off in London at court. Um, I guess Prince John is technically running the country. There's like no mention of Prince John in this movie. It's like the one of the weird things about it. Like it's he's just not like he doesn't exist or something. Right. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think. There's there's Henry the Second who's probably already dead at this point. There's Richard. There's Jeffrey. There's John. Anyway, uh, Marion feels like it's you know her duty as the king's cousin to stay back here and look after the poor people in this area. Rob wants to protect her. He wants to figure out what's going on. He has like the all he has is the ramblings of a blind man to go on. And it's hard for Marion because she remembers this fucking asshole who used to burn her hair for fun. And and think about this too. Mary Elizabeth Mastriana has so much fucking hair. I know. <laughs> she has truckloads of hair and he's just like, ooh, more for burning. <laughs> what a creep this guy is. It's just like, please allow that years of war in prison may change a man. Doesn't even say sorry. You know? no. like, I, I know yeah. I was a prick. I've changed, you know. He just like stress over in his Kevin Costner charm. Like, seriously, my bad. Yeah. And then uh, Azim, like, he invents optics and the yes, telescope. Yes. Like, a, like a leather burrito pouch with like telescope shit going on. Yeah. Oh, the uh, how uh, did your uneducated kind ever take Jerusalem? Well, just the fucking ridiculousness of Robin being blown away at the sudden up close visage of Gaia Gisborne. He's like got his knife out and he's like waving it in the air. Yeah. <laughs> If, if you haven't seen this movie and you just heard us describe that, you have no idea what we're talking about, but it's it's great. Um, so there's this so moment. Watson, yeah, so Marion's like, you guys got to get out of here. So she says, like, help, they're stealing my horses. Uh, and he, like, slaps her on the ass with the sword, which would probably hurt. Um, so he Yes, just, but there's a little of that scoundrel in the princess heat there. Th- there is, but then this this next scene, like, muddies it a little because a uh, guy shows up and he mm-hmm. has this super tacky line. She's like, oh, they're stealing my horses. And he's like, Lucky he didn't steal your virtue as well. And he's like, crowd of the man who brings me Loxley's head, my lady. And like, for some reason, Marion kind of like smiles at this, like, the, yeah. oh, how charming. Like, like more so than she was doing with Robin. I don't know. It's weird. I wonder if like, the, like the shot they had of her was from a different scene or it's really bizarre how much she's smiling after that. My take that I'm not in love with is that it's this moment where she's excited to send these yeah. dumb boys running around on horses and leather wanting to kill each other for her. I don't know. Um, also, Robin rides that horse bareback. I just like shout bareback. out to guy, guy Gisborne here. Like he can't fight for shit, but like he manages to deliver that line while like doing the whole like high silver move there on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe also- Marion's just like, you're an asshole, but that was pretty hot. We should have probably done a milady shot count. So take a <laughs> shot every time you hear a milady. That's at least two. Um, boy. Yeah, there's a lot of Robin making his horse do jumps and the horse is like knees bumping the stone walls or shit. Yeah, also, there's the a horse lot of that. Yes. 
Yeah, that hurt deep in the ass. Yeah, that thing's all the way into the fletching. I mean, I, I if you brush up against my butt too hard, I can't walk, let alone jump over stone walls. Um, yeah, so Azim's got him and Duncan got himself and Duncan on his horse. Robin's horse is lame. They cannot run these dudes, so they're going to have to run to Sherwood Forest. And Duncan's like, but Sherwood Forest is haunted, my master. And Robin's like, either take our chance with the ghosts or become ghosts ourselves, which is sound logic. Duncan has a whole lot of, like, leave me, master. I'm no good to you. And it's like, yes, do that. Yeah. He's dead <laughs> weight. Dr- drop him like a bag of dirt. Because that's a bag of dirt would be more useful to you. Uh, yeah, so guys, men won't follow them into the forest because of the evil spirit. So guys like sitting there like shooting off some insults about Robin's dad, which really get Robin like hot under the collar. And like Morgan Freeman has to point out that like no justice will be served by like, Robin like dying foolishly today. Yeah, because Robin's an idiot. This is the first time we really get a good look at Azim's scimitar here. It's fucking badass. Can you do you have it in front of you? Can you see it? I can. It's like a, a bit of a wide shot, but yeah, I can see it. Can you see the sheaf? Um, not in this shot, but he does have a really cool sheath. Yeah. When you next time you have it up, where you can see the sheath, explain to me how the sword fits in there. So it's it's open on one side. Okay. Like okay. like uh, vertically, like there's a slit down it. I, uh-huh. that, that's how it goes in and out. I'm pretty sure. Because I was going to say, you know, my understanding of basic sword and sheath yeah. logic, that hot dog is not fitting in that hallway. At least not the opening. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, yeah, so they they ride on. They discover the evil spirits are actually a bunch of wind chimes. So the, the forest really opens up to a lot of clearings, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like shoot, really quickly. They shoot most of this movie in the same clearing. <laughs> uh, so Morgan Freeman's like the forest has eyes. I swear it. Um, but mostly, it's just a bunch of like trickster forest hobos. Yeah, the whole Little John fight comes here when they trip him up. Will uh, Scarlet? Yeah, Will Scarlet singing along. Little John wants Robin's uh, like medallion that was like his dad's medallion or whatever. Mm. Man, that fucking medallion. Now, somebody tweeted at us. I um, can't remember who. Was it Sadie maybe? Um, somebody's tweeted us about the Robin Hood Nintendo game. Did you ever play that? I wish I had. I uh, I rented that many a time from my local video store to play. It was mm. frustratingly like oblique as to what you were even supposed to do in the game. Like for several hours in part of the game, I was spent just like walking around trying to get into, I think it was Maiden Marion's house. And like, you had to be wearing your medallion for her to recognize you and let you in. But there's like nothing to indicate that at all. That's how video games used to be. Ooh, I'm just picturing those, the graphics of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine game. them, them animating the mullet in those graphics too. Um, yeah. So little John, like filth pig King of the forest dwelling here. This stick fight is great. Little John kicks his ass. Uh, Azim is a great like coach because Robin's like any great ideas after the first round he loses and Azim's like get up move faster yeah oh so it was actually murder we spoke who was tweeting about that yeah oh right on shout yeah. out to that Robin Hood game yeah good advice from Azim you know get up and move faster <laughs> go that way very fast yeah uh, so it's, it's a classic fight where like they take turns besting each other and eventually like I mean not like, really we'll besting just- each other Robin just gets his ass kicked over and over again until he plays a dirty trick on little john yeah uh little john gets into the the water um somehow can't swim yeah can't swim even though he's also like seven feet tall and that he's robin's just like i'll save you stand up uh on the uh, i'll say this robin locks it you got balls of steel which boy that's a hell of a thing also what the fuck is little john doing here why isn't he home if it's eight kids because <laughs> uh he was outlawed or whatever he had to go hide in the forest Okay. Yeah. He's best man of the woods. 
Yeah, I wonder who the father of that last baby, the last baby is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Will Scarlet is none too pleased to discover this is indeed Robin of Loxley, which we'll find Will out. Will Scarlet is just constantly like throwing like rich boy insults at Robin Hood. No, a little rich boy here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Will Scarlet is a little bit grating. For the first yeah, he is. <laughs> I just thought that it's a bloody shame. He was a brave lad. Like, seemingly like he just died, and they're just like, eh. <laughs> they all just gathered around this river laughing it up. So, Real Robin and his crews are invited to dinner around the campfire. Bull immediately uh, tries to pull his dick out. Yeah. The number of merry men will like diminish and increase as the movie needs them. Uh, yeah, this one dude is basically named just because he has apparently a ginormous dick. Mm hmm. Um, Duncan is holding on to a jug of booze that is bigger than his head, and he's like cradling it, laughing along. Apparently, he but sucks he, that down because he's all hung over the next day. Well, but he also he can't see the dick joke. It's a primarily visual gag, but he's just like, ha, 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 I'm so drunk. Um, this is the first thing I've had to ingest in four months. Robin <laughs> has to stick up for Azim here because they're like passing the 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 mead past him. And has English hospitality changed so much since I've been gone? Yeah, and yeah. Zine's just like, thanks all, but I don't drink. But thanks. <laughs> but he's a savage, sire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zine, you know, he can't drink because Allah forbids it. So little John is just like, oh, well, they want us to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin tells him the ghosts aren't going to keep the sheriff's men out for long. Well, you know, the, suggests- that shitty new Robin Hood movie really tries to go into detail about, like, the taxes and, like, you know, like the socioeconomic situation, the why the sheriff is doing this and whatnot. And this movie completely glosses over it and you don't miss it at all. No. Yeah. It's like, whatever. They're outlaws. Oh, so the sheriff sucks. He's an evil sheriff. I just can't handle. He's, he's literally he's a druid. Yeah. I can't handle Christian Grey as Will Scarlet. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's fucking. Did I tell you how that movie ends? Yeah. He gets like he gets. Yeah, spoilers. Like, Spoilers, uh, Will Scarlet becomes the new sheriff of Nottingham at the end of the movie, and he like hates Robin, and he's like kind of two-faced-ish, because like, half his face is burned. Well, Anastasia, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, um, yeah and, but again, somehow the wardrobe of that movie looks like it's weird sci-fi shit, but it's still medieval-ish. Anyways. But I mean, the whole, the whole Jamie Foxx character seems to me to be like a direct reference to Morgan Freeman. It kind of is, but it's not at the same time. I don't know. It's weird and mm. dumb. Okay. Um, yeah, so Robin's introduced to Scarlet by name here, who talks like shit and storms off. Yeah, then like the, the next day, it's Sunday, so he goes to church. The bishop has like a really lame sermon about how great uh, the sheriff is, and even the sheriff is like rolling his eyes. Like, Alan Rickman's really hamming it up in this scene, like listening. He's like kind of like pleased by the uh, the words of the, the bishop and also just like rolling his eyes and like you know, sneering at Maid Marianne. The guy who plays the bishop just is. Yeah. How do I put this nicely? A grosso. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. of course, Popery is evil in a Robin Hood movie, you know, <laughs> Roman Popery. Um, I, I'm just, I was like, I'm watching this again last night. I'm just perpetually fascinated by like the love that the bishop pays to the sheriff. Well, they're all in it together, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he seems like he's a little bit shocked by all like the black magic stuff at the end. And it's like, was he just like fucking the, the barrels of money they were sending him? Anyway, uh, so Marion's praying on her own at one point, and like Robin sidles up to her. And I love it. They don't even stop to pretend from the very beginning that she is like, oh, fuck, you stink. Well, so you know that scene? It's later in the movie where he rubs shit on himself. 
That huh? was apparently for this scene. They just moved it. But like uh, he's supposed to smell like shit here. Because he also stinks there. Yeah. Like his like stinking is like one of his moves to get like in and out of a situation. <laughs> not, yeah. not the most heroic of Robin Hood moves. Yeah. Just rubbing shit on yourself. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Um she doesn't want to be seen with him because you know he's an outlaw, but and he's like, Oh, you'd rather be seen with the sheriff? Meanwhile, the sheriff is like talking to some folks across the way and he's like making eyes at her like this is like fucking high school. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, he has a huge crush. So there's a bounty in Robin's head. Marion says 100 gold pieces. And Robin's like, I'm going to have to annoy the sheriff a good deal more. It should be, soon it'll be 1,000 gold pieces. And she's like, for 1,000 gold pieces, I'd turn you in myself. And I'm like, yeah, I love so you. So the, the people the sheriff's talking to are the quote-unquote barons he refers to often yeah. in this movie. Uh, there's scenes with them in the deleted scenes where you get a little more about them. But yeah, it's not that interesting. He's just like, yeah. they're just like other barons he's trying to like recruit to his side to like take the throne. Basically. There's always this scene, like the like like the late sixties Bond movies, where like the Bond villain brings in like random mafia heads yeah. to like for them a chance to buy in for like fifty percent ownership of whatever the scheme is. And anyway, so she conveys that the sheriff's building an army. He's got blacksmiths hold up making swords and armor. Um, and so he's as he bounces do his thing. She's like, Robin, do something for me. And he's like, What? And she's like, Take a fucking bath. God damn. Stink, bro. Uh, yeah, sheriff uh, at this point gets up and like whines about her not like coming to the castle to live inside the walls, and he gives her a dagger for her protection. That dagger will come back later. Mm-hmm. Nice gold dagger there. Sure. Guy Gisborne in the back is just like lurking. So sure. hey, girl. Um, yeah. So Robin visits the bishop. The bishop's like, I recognize the boy in the man before me, or the boy I used to know in the man before me. And it's like, it's been six years. Oh, that's, this uh, is 36. Yeah, sheriff shows up, and Robin Hood just immediately cuts his face. Yeah. And the sheriff just, just like flips out. Yeah. Robin Hood gets uh, away, and we get the, the legendary sheriff line, I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. And then Robin Hood has the dorkiest reply. He just like points down at the sheriff and goes, then it begins. They're like... Their rivalry with each other is hilarious to me. He steals the sheriff's horse here. Yeah. Close the gate. Well, his whole thing where he's like like tough talking the sheriff to to Marion five minutes earlier, like, oh, you know, I don't have to piss him off more. Soon it'll be a thousand. It's like you haven't even met this guy yet. All you've met is Guy. I mean, he knows that the sheriff like killed his dad, though. So uh, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's he's very cutesy about his revenge. <laughs> um yeah, so the sheriff, who's like this weird occult figure, is also a hilarious figure of ridicule. Like, as Robin gets away, the sheriff attacks the guard who was like best at the last minute and like punches this guy repeatedly in the face. Then the crowd is laughing at the sheriff, so he lunges at them, yeah. tearing his own cape, which is caught under something, and they laugh even more. I think more. that was like a, a blooper they left in, actually. Like, it wasn't supposed to catch like that. <laughs> Like it, like his his like carpet that he's wearing for a cloak like gets caught and tears. Like, it's great. Watching this, I'm like, I'm surprised they didn't have him like step on a rake or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Robin rides back to the crew in Short Forest. Yeah, Robin stole a bag of bread on the way out. He's just constantly stealing food, man. Uh, yeah. He dumps he just dumps it out on the fucking ground in the dirt. <laughs> can't like just hand that out. Uh, this is still this is still good eating for these filth pigs. Yeah. yeah. He, he takes one piece of bread over to Duncan. He's like, here you go, Duncan. Meanwhile, Will Scarlet's like bitching and moaning at him for stirring up a hornet's nest. Uh, yeah, he's, he's and Robin doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, fuck you. And Azim comes over. He's like, hey, man, like these, these aren't like a bunch of warriors. 
like what are you doing and uh robin is just like fuck you i don't want to hear about it i didn't ask for your counsel yeah yeah he's a real petulant like piece of crap uh so meanwhile the sheriff is pissed off he's talking to a guy about how he wants to hunt down robin he wants to get the poor hunting him down for him well robin has like this whole talk about uh it's a lot of like high flute and talk about like freedom and like you know not living under tyranny but he really just wants revenge you know? yeah oh he's just weaponizing the yeah. uh, the masses so guys suggest they brand him with some terrible name that make the people hate him more he's like you know i started this whole hooded man thing earlier what do you think about that as a marketing idea um so because the sheriff this dull, this, like, you twit a lot more because well, this was asked why is about spoon, the spoon cousin yeah yeah um, so the sheriff also has a dude like sewing up the cut on his cheek, not wiping the blood away first too, and stitch. keep the stitches small. Yeah. So guys like leading like uh, soldiers like fuck up villages. They're stabbing at hay piles. They're like burning down shacks and shanties. He's interrogating little John John's Little's wife. wife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, asking where he is, and she lies, says he died last winter. Um, I, just again, little John's just off in the woods of his kid. Soldiers even knock over a birdhouse. Like, haha, fuck you. Uh, and Robin gets his name, Robin of the Hood. Yeah, all the peasants, like I guess, because their village burned down, they just like go into the woods and find the outlaws There's, of Sherwood. These guys yeah. seem pretty easy to find. Yeah, they do. Yeah, the the fucking ghosts of Sherwood Forest here. Um, they make a big deal later on about the um, <laughs> the fucking like how hard it is to find their camp. Not hard at all. A horse can find it later if a yeah. blind man on its back. But uh, we see like a caravan of a bunch of like pathetic villagers making the trek in the woods. One lady is even limping along with her hilarious Tiny Tim crutch. <laughs> uh, so the angry villagers are showing up. There's like a like Will Scarlet like turning this into a ground swell of support to turn Robin in. Sheriff they knows that they like, wants Robin for like 500 gold pieces. You know, Robin points out things won't get better if he's gone. Well, stretch uh, so your just one by one. Yeah, he suggests that they fight back with one weapon that Will doesn't possess: courage. Burn. No English yeah. courage from Will. Uh, do you notice how much trouble Robin has, like getting his like bow and quiver tangled? Like he's constantly getting tangled in that in this movie. Like the string from his bow and everything. Yeah, people get tangled. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, so as Robin turns his back, Will tries to stick a knife in him. I love that. Uh, yeah, Robin shoots an arrow through his hand. The way uh, Will Scarlet like skulks away with an arrow in his hand after he gets shot is hilarious. Also, he just, like shuffles off like a little gremlin. Yeah, doesn't cry out though. Yeah, that would hurt. I mean, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm some towns. Yeah, you'd sound like Eddie Furlong in uh, Terminator Two. Um, so yeah, we get this whole montage of like uniting these slobs, turning them into an army montage. Um, we see people like forging arrowheads in the woods. Like, I think well, no, he's skipping over the the awesome line there. You know, he's taking oh, from everything from us. And Ron says, "But God, we take it back." Montage time. Yeah, uh, I want to know <laughs> what are they doing with this? Uh, they're like making arrowheads out of like molten tin or something. Like, what is going on there? Well, I don't know if it's implied that they're also making the swords. Because that's impossible. They have a lot of steel. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're stockpiling a lot of swords there. Uh, They've got to be steel. Robin's like overseeing archery lessons. Azim is teaching basic stabbing 101. Um, they build a whole new village. Azim like, is, like, a whole, is like, teaching basic stabbing 101 when he's not like doing city planning and inventing plumbing and all this other shit here. <laughs> he's also the, the village doctor. We'll yeah. find out. Starts like setting, they start setting like a linked network of tree houses with rope bridges. Oh, it's great. It's it's total like Ewoks village. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like this fucking whole like mosquito coast. We're gonna build this like uh, a professor from Gilligan's Island, like utopian society out here in our 
our hidden away village. Um, oh, but Robin has that, has that line where he's just like, we'll live off the forest. There's like food in the, in the forest. Like, is there? Like, suddenly they have a bunch of chickens and shit. Like, how are they feeding all these people? I don't know. I mean, it makes sense that they just go steal it, you know? But yeah. I don't know if there's the, exactly like uh, sustenance to be found in the forest. Well, supposedly Wolf is like, they like, claimed a hundred of the uh, sheriff's deer. So I think knows? he just does that for fun, though. You know? No. He's, he's like Ted Nugent, actually. He's just an asshole. He's like, there's some things I like to do for fun. Start fires, wet my bed, kill animals for fun. Yeah, we get, we, right. we get a shot here of a dude like carrying a bunch of bows. They've got to have at least 50 bows here and like probably that many swords as well. Like full steel swords. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably just have spears, you would think. Well, soon they're all good fighters of a new home and better archers. So. Yeah. And then cool. and you get the, the Robin Hood arrow shot, which mm-hmm. is so awesome. We splits an arrow splits and an arrow. Three yeah. ways away. I could have um, used an archery that, contest for that, but sure. Yeah. Like I remember watching like an entertainment tonight special for a part of that. They built like a giant thing, like a giant arrow. Um, oh, really? Point, nice. They built like a giant hand to see it being released. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Also, the guy who directed this is like Kevin Costner's friend. He's like directed two movies before this. Well, supposedly they locked him out of the editing room for this movie. It was like wild out of his like reach. It, but, uh, but like they lock him out of the editing room he doesn't like say fuck you i'll never work with you again he like comes back to work with kevin costner some more cool because <laughs> he uh, did okay. Waterworld with him oh did he yeah <laughs> that was like wasn't that like kevin costner's like weird passion project i guess yeah i mean i you know i, I actually like that movie i know that's but that's another movie i probably don't have a very objective opinion of it's not a terrible movie was kevin costner is he also the postman yeah Okay, that's uh, um, the famous uh, Tom Petty scene. I used to be famous. Now you're the one who's famous. Yeah. Uh, so they rob a stagecoach or whatever. Uh, Robin charms the lady in the back. He's like, "Lady, one of your beauty doesn't need such decorations." And he like kisses her hand. She's and, like, like "How charming of you to steal from me." Well, she, she's like straight up like so wound. Oh yeah. Uh, so Robin and some soldiers like robbing a priest sends a message to the sheriff for every harm he does these people. Robin will visit back on him tenfold. Meanwhile, the witch's dungeon. Uh, sheriff comes in, like punching things. He's in a mood. He's Something grabbed a dagger. Yeah. He starts like stabbing some meat and a plate in frustration. He's such a petulant child, and I love it. Yeah, and she's just like something vexes you. <laughs> um, so the price of Robin's head finally goes up to the thousand gold pieces. I was waiting for a joke there. No. Yeah, they just uh, roll right over it. The, this bull guy, he's like all over this movie. He's like featured merry man, basically. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's like the next featured guy because yeah. it's like you got will and little john but like we those are names so it's like we need the one extra merry man and it's just this guy all over the movie and he's got he that, looks like a weird like garden gnome yeah he's got that kind of sorry this is unkind he's got mm. that like featured doofus look there are times when it's not clear if maybe he's like maybe a little touched yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um he robs some dude in the woods uh the guy's outraged sheriff will hear of this and robin's like i hope so God bless um, Robin Hood when they're like okay, giving so out all the food. The scribe scene is hilarious because it starts off with the sheriff straight up coming back from the bathroom. <laughs> like he's just come from the water closet. It's so strange that it, it starts off with this low angle shot of him like tying up his breeches there. Yeah. Like was this mid meeting was like the scribe just yelling into that room. And was this like a Lyndon Johnson thing or like this is like sheriff's power movie. It's like takes a shit while people inform him and stuff. Yeah. Like fix his pants. 
uh, wants to raise the price on Robin's head. Scribe's like, doesn't matter. Cause what oh, wait, you know what? I don't think that was coming from the toilet. I'm like doing a frame by frame here on where he walks out of. He's like tying up his pants or whatever. A bunch right? of wenches back there. He's like fucking during the meeting? Yeah. Yeah, there's like several women back there. Wow. I know. It's like, put a pin in it, Scribe. I need to get my fuck on. So there's a deleted scene after this where this is the whole call of Christmas. Like, legendary. Before you... Okay. Before you go this tangent, can I just take a moment to go come real quick, and then we can continue this discussion? I mean, is uh, that what the sheriff's doing? If, if you need to, by all means, uh, <laughs> just talk slow. So yeah, we it's like they've lost three to four million gold pieces, which sounds like a lot um, in the last five, uh, five months. Five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty five thousand crown bounty. Begging your pardon, sir. It won't do no good. The people love him, you know. Um, <laughs> he just like smashes his wine goblet in this dude's face the scribe um yeah this is the whole call of christmas thing after this scene there's a deleted scene where murtiana is just like that scribe's like giving you lip you need to go cut out his tongue and like teach him a lesson which is why at the end of the movie the scribe doesn't say anything he just points to like Mm. when they're like where is the sheriff because he has his tongue cut out i don't need it yeah yeah you don't need it okay huh yeah. Um, so I love the bit where the um, there's a scar on the statue of the sheriff that somebody drew on there, mm. and like seemingly it keeps coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, you didn't realize that we just both took a break to go like fuck some wenches and come back, um, continue this thing because that's just uh, leadership style. Of the sheriff Nottingham. Yeah, he's like I love. He's like no more kitchen scraps of the poor, no more merciful beheadings, <laughs> and also call off Christmas, <laughs> which. I want that montage now, <laughs> where they're just like they're like stomping into these uh, like villages and just like like booting like presents and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so this is the big the big heist here with Guy Gisborne and the Friar Tuck and everyone. This is like the the gold for the barons is what's being passed through here. Mm. Uh, we already talked a little bit about this with all the the little fake canopies that drop down. They fire arrows from and like the little holes in the ground. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like. I think feel like they nail like the boyish delight of uh, Robin and Azim. Like just they're having a blast stealing from Nottingham here. Like it's just like they're having so much fun doing this. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's maybe it's fun to watch. It's maybe a little unsettling to take in because he's well because of all the murder. Lead. Yeah, because of all the murder. He's a leader of these people, and like he's like a folk hero. They're merry men. They got to be merry. I, I like the idea that it's like we're just gonna like rage like maniacs over the countryside, just murder people left and right. Sorry, the cat just talking about attack microphone. Um, and like if we call ourselves a Mary, that's good branding. People mm-hmm. are into that. Do you have the great intro of Friar Tuck? Um, I love. He's like basically been knocked out. He wakes up on this this barrel. Uh, Robin's like, hey, can you spare a few barrels of ale for thirsty men? So instead, Friar Tuck kicks him in the fucking face and rides <laughs> off. Oh yeah, and then he like later tries to bite him. Well, wow, I'm just noticing this now in the in the extended cut here. There's a weird thing where like they have to unhitch the horses from the wagon or something, and it's like a total shot where like Robin Hood rides this wagon off into a lake or something. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So as they that's why he's wet as, in the next scene. How strange. Okay. Yeah. So like as Fartuck rides away and they catch out to him. Robin comes up to him and he's like, LOL, like a lot of my guys who've joined have basically like joined by like beating the shit out of me. And then yeah. I'm like, hey, you're cool. And he's like, why don't you yield and surrender to us? And Michael Shane's just like, I'd rather roast in hell. 
Well, I don't know. Is they they like there's this shot of them. They open like this chest, and there's like a shitload of gold. And all these merry men are like, holy shit, you know that like feed their family for the rest of their lives. And Robin's just like, oh, it's blood money. We got to figure out where it came from. Like none of them are like, do we? What if we just you know gave it to the people? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, right. like, are, you, are you okay there? I was choking on my drink. Okay. Um, yeah, like there's no. They're like, yeah, we're not really smart or capable enough to get into the whole political underpinnings of the socioeconomic situation so we'd rather just spend the coin if you know what i mean oh we need to figure out where it came from no we're good and to be fair it's mostly going into the whoring economy (laughs) so meanwhile blacksmith shit uh the sheriff is like pouncing around with like his practicing his new swords like just an incredible ponce see this spanish steel much stronger than her native blades where does he get the spanish steel that always confused me because i always for some reason for the longest time i thought the sword he was holding here was loxley's sword and that that's why he was like oh this is so much better than our shit but it's not it's a different sword no no he's saving that yeah that's confusion yeah <laughs> so guys worried about telling the sheriff about you know they were ambushed they lost some men they lost some gold it was probably to robin hood and sheriff like hugs him comforts him and he's like cousin cousin <laughs> Could you not have found a role for Michael Wincott in the Lord of the Rings movies? That's all I'm saying. Oh, shit. Who would he have played? I don't care. He can do a little Hyo Silver on a horse. You're hired. Hey, I'm just one of your random Gondor assholes. It could have been Denethor. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. Is that Den- is it uh, not Boromir? Faramir. 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 No, he's not a Faramir. No. Faramir, so, at least you wouldn't know for the movies, but in the, in the books, Faramir is like a really good dude. I feel like Michael Gwincut is your number one runner-up for Boromir. Then, yeah, yeah, he could definitely be a Boromir. He's maybe not like Boromir. Always just seems so like jocular and like a big oaf in the books that mm-hmm. like Wincott's a little too sleazy for. I guess I don't know. But Wincott's he's sure as fuck not like a not an elf. No, definitely not. I don't know. This been, dude's like, not Ted, Ted Sandy Man or someone. There's like legislation that says he can't share screen time with Kate Blanchett. I'm sure. <laughs> You're not fit to be in the same room as Kate Blanchett. Uh, so, guys, you know, he's run through of a sword by the sheriff. And as the aforementioned, well, at least I didn't use a spurn. Which everyone in the, the dungeon's like, I don't get it. But I don't get half the things that are said in this castle. <laughs> so like weird flex, but okay. Yeah. Uh, so, we cut to, like, the forest. So, like, there's the two fucking idiots who act as sentries. One of them is the bull. And the other guy, I think his name is Much. Yeah, it's much, which whatever yeah. they, you suck much. I mean, you're you're no bull. So this this mean I don't I don't I don't have a joke. These guys don't know their right from their left. That's yeah, that's straight up. That's in the they're text. idiots. Uh, they're they're trying to rough up these intruders, but it's made marrying her lady, uh, Sarah. Yeah, she they takes, get the drunk on him. This is where the movie slows down so much that I need to pause and go get another drink if you don't mind. So anyway, the maid Marion scenes. Robin's taking a bath. Yeah, finally in a in a lake by himself or whatever, like get a the, waterfall by himself. Get the old ass shot. Oh my god, the eighties and nineties were just about buns. Just these dudes, like these kind of like, not like in terribly great shape dudes with buns. He's got like a farmer tan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 He's got some uh, pale buns. That's probably not him, too. I'm betting that's a stunt double. Oh, I'm sure that's not him. I'm sure Costner's not like dropping trout and showing ass in this. There's an ass double for reels in this movie. Um, Put some medallion on first. It's a whole lot of like, oh, minute 80, you shouldn't see this. And she's like, no, it's okay. 
she's like i am into i'm totally checking this dude out from like a hundred feet away through a waterfall yeah (laughs) and and the movie makes sure that she can make out his scars Mm -hmm. (laughs) his torture scars yeah i just love it the (laughs) the one dunce tries to like cover the handmaid's eyes protect robin's virtue (laughs) (laughs) i want to say this is where we first start getting the uh the everything i do motif on the soundtrack yeah because I don't, I don't think it was before when he was first meeting up with her. I feel like it's just starting to kick in now. Yeah. So, anyways, he takes her to the. I don't know what do we call this? Like, is, is it a village? Like the Merryman's Outpost or whatever. Yeah, I guess. Which, by the way, I I don't know if you knew this. Um, there was like a playset for this movie, like the action figure playset. What? So this is gonna blow your mind. Um. It was like, hold on, this, let me open up my Amazon browser, yeah. my eBay browser at the same time. Go for it. It was like this little like tree fort playhouse thing. Um, it's small, like for action figures, right? Um, it's the same exact playset from Return of the Jedi. It's literally yes. the same thing. They just like rebranded it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that. Oh, God. I almost, as I'm rewatching this last night, I almost thought that he was going to like, I don't know why I had this false memory that he actually has dialogue that's lines from the song <laughs> i mean they there's a, a search your heart i want to say somewhere in there i i i was positive that he was the lines look into your heart but yeah i almost was positive because i've i've sung this song in the shower so many times in my life that he was gonna there's, tell her, there's like, also a search your heart is there not i don't there's look into my eyes or, or there's a search your heart there's yeah. a search your heart search your soul i'm so mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you find me you. there when you find me there you'll search you'll no search more, no more. Yeah, yeah I, I was positive that there's a point where he tells her, don't tell me it's not worth fighting for. I can't help it. There's nothing I want more. I would I would have been okay with it, yeah. Yeah, because there's nowhere. I mean, so Azim has, like, invented plumbing here. And, yes. Robin, and Robin is just, like, talking shit about it. Like, fuck you, Robin. Yeah. Also, as thrilled as he is to see Marion there, and maybe a little bit pleased that she might have seen his dick, but more importantly, she's seen his buns. He really needs to be concerned about his security detail. Yeah, really. Like, there's a lot of lives here in this fucking utopian filthy village. You need to be worried. Um, we find out Wolf's an excellent archer. So, of course, Robin, the romantic hero of our film. Robin can't, can't stand to be the, shown up by a teenage boy. Yeah, The ladies is just like, all right, bitch, we're going to have an archery contest for, to impress these women here. And the whole thing is like, can you make a shot while being distracted? So Wolf's like going for the shot and Robin like rubs the feather from the arrow's ass on the like boy's ear. And of course the boy, it's not great. And so Robin, I don't know if he thinks he's then going to be able to just like make his shot like unhindered. Yeah. Um, he's like surprised or something when Marion blows on his ear, which like, by the way, he almost like shoots another dude. That's like a couple feet away. Yes. Well, cause it, it like hits the edge of the, the target and flies yeah. into the, and like almost kills this dude and i came um so he keeps giving her the tour uh friar tuck is doing this whole lecture on grain which is like which any idiot can eat but the good lord intended a more divine form of consumption let me tell you about beer i mean i think that's all the friars did back then like they it was like their job was they just made beer all day uh i just love that he's like he's so fucking holier than thou uh-huh. of, like he's like also how- a drunk how corrupt you shouldn't be as a man of the cloth, but also he is an unimpeachable alcoholic. Mm-hmm. 
So he takes her to the cabin that has all like the golden plunder and shit. Uh, real quick, <laughs> I just want to comment on that little archery scene there. Do you think yeah. Costner is wearing bracers on both his hands because he's a bad archer? Yes. Yeah, totally. 100%. Well, like this this whole look is like this is kind of like what Bon Jovi was trying to make happen, right? This is like his affect. I mean, it's like a, almost a puffy I mean, shirt, but not quite. Uh, I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so he takes her to the cabin, has all the golden plunder and shit, which I love is for some reason up in the, the tree forest. Yeah, they, they like, hauled all that fucking gold up there, which, like, he just has this, like, treasure hoard that uh, he's not exactly giving back to the poor. <laughs> is that tree, like, leaning a little yeah. bit closer to the ground every day? Yeah, so he reveals that Nottingham has been using it to bribe King Richard's enemies. To How does he know him. this? What is his intelligence network? Like, seriously, I, there's no scene where he like captures some like uh, some papers or something, you know, <laughs> some legal yeah, when, documents. When the one guy is like the sheriff will hear of this, and Robin's like, "Ha I hope he does." He should also be like, "Say, who are you? <laughs> What's this about?" Yeah. So the king's not in the country; he might lose the kingdom. So Marion gives him her dagger that she got from the which sheriff, which he takes for himself immediately. Well, I think the thing is, he's thinking. It's a value to her, and he's thinking like this will be my move later on. I'll show her that I sentimentally kept her dagger. I sure. think that's what's going on here. I guess, and that must be either my reading into the film or because I read the book when I was in fifth grade. Mm, okay, I'm that guy. It's like when you work at the bank and somebody makes a deposit, and you're like, "Oh, this seems very special to you. I think I'll keep it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the uh, C note that you mm-hmm. deposited to your account, and I kept. Also, you're not going to make your rent this month. He's got like a cool rope elevator deal going on here. It's like this the super romantic spinning around shot. Yeah. This is all, first of all, this is all about wooing the girls. Oh, yeah. They're like, like nobody actually uses that, but sure. Well, because I don't know what seduction is like for the rest of these, these disgusting <laughs> slobs, but. I think if you're bully, just take it out. Yeah, you just take out your huge dick. <laughs> like, like. You see some dick, and you're like, oh, shit, Bull's going to be here in five minutes. <laughs> you're like, Bull, he seems kind of dumb. Like, he might be kind of mildly dis- mentally challenged, but uh, goddamn that dick. Like uh, like Hodor. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. another fucking massive dick. That's true. Big dick. Mm-hmm. Real big dick. Yeah. Um, let's say big dick a few does, more times. Does Hodor have big dick energy? Absolutely he does. Uh, he saves those kids' lives mm-hmm. from the... Uh, Night King, that's that's huge BDE. Um, so during dinner, Azim has a moment with a little girl who asks if God painted him, and he says, "For sure, because Allah loves wondrous variety." And it's it's Azim is Morgan too good for this movie. He's amazing. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's great. Um, I just it's there's like that cadre of like four or five male actors that I just I almost want to hire bodyguards to make sure that they don't ever do something shitty. Like I don't want them to come. Yeah you know come loose come i don't want things to be revealed about them i don't want that to be true and morgan freeman was one of those dudes and that got fucked anyway so robin and Marion have a moment oh by the way uh they were blindfolded apparently when they came in so that's why they get to leave whatever seems like this place is pretty free well, it's the coming and going okay so i choose to see that as i just had this whole speech about the me too movement like as flirtery and bantery but like there's some real dark undertones there like he's implying because you came in and saw the place, we're going to keep you. Yeah, I don't think he's implying it in that way, but yeah. It, it, it's kind of there, like, uh, when they can't leave, you know, because of the implication. Mm. 
Oh, what are you saying? Oh, I'm nothing. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying we they're going to stay. We do get some backstory here. Uh, Robin and his dad's falling out. Seems like Robin, like he seems, sounds like a really whiny bitch, basically. Mm-hmm. Really dead. Really, really mad about his dad. Because he's like quoting his dad. He's got the story about him. He's telling the story about uh, how angry is his father because after the mother died, the father found like some fucking happiness for, by fucking a peasant woman. Um, who the, who the father then gave up for Robin's sake, and Robin was a twelve year old boy who would still never forgive his son. So like, there's your Will Scarlet backstory. But that's, I, just, that's just laying the track for that reveal, yeah. But this the media. I'm like oh, that poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in, in the um, side, the countryside is like fucking her, and he's just like away with you, wench. <laughs> and that great Brian Blessed voice. In the uh, the deleted scenes, there's like. This whole subplot where Friar Tuck is like just racist against Azim, basically. Yeah. And it's like he's a heathen and like he, you know, worships a false god or whatever, you know. Um, and so, like, that's, I feel like that's the only reason this stupid, uh, like, pregnancy scene happens. It's well, so, like, it's in the regular cut. Well, no, no, but like, there's more to it, though. Like, where it's right. like, it's setting up Friar Tuck's, like, you know, antagonism with Azim. And then Azim is like, by the way, I can also do C sections. Because yeah. I'm amazing. Yeah, the movie needs more racism. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, Robin's telling Marion, like, he has plans beyond all this, you know. Like, he wants to have a home, a family, and love. And she chuckles, and she's just like, men speak conveniently of love when it serves their purposes. But when it doesn't, it's a burden. Robin of the Hood, Prince of Thieves, capable of love. <laughs> and he's like, well, certainly a fucking, am I right? Got the title this, in there. This movie is all about quick, sultry glances i mean i know we talked a couple episodes ago four or five episodes ago now about like the lean like the eye contact and the lean this movie is about like the scrumptious amount of lip chewing i feel like you're way more into the romance in this movie than i am where's your heart man come on get in this i just i'm all about just getting hey, on catapults and launching yourself can i say something to you sure. search your heart mm. search your soul oh when i find it i'll search no more yeah, exactly. um, yeah, Fanny's baby's like turned around, and Zine's just like, "Get me some needle and thread, and you know, warm water, or whatever. I, I can do a C-section." And so, little John's freaking out, and he storms in. About oh, the baby got born just in time before he like committed a hate crime. Um, and so, little John comes out <laughs> with a kid, and he's just like, "I have a son. Like, you should be naming that fucking kid Azim, dude." Yeah, yeah, seriously, little Azim. Mm-hmm. Also, the best part is. Uh, uh, Robin vouches for him against all these like drunken, racist, lecherous assholes. And he's just like, by the way, Azim, do you know what you're doing, right? And it seems like I've seen this done plenty of times on horses. Uh (laughs) Which this woman, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, like Marion can be a badass when the script allows it. She's also like, they hand her a baby and she's like, oh, I've got ovaries too. Yeah, we never really see her get to be a ninja again in this movie. Also, Fanny and the baby probably die of every infection oh, ever, too. Definitely, yeah. They were born in a fucking forest. But then afterwards, this is why, you know, I was telling you the delete scene, this is why Friar Tuck comes up and it's just like, put her there. Let's go have some beer, Azim. And Azim's like, I don't drink. And he's like, cool, I'll drink myself. Yeah. I, so wh- I know, I primarily know Mike Machine from like, uh, like, where's my line? Or who's my, whose line is it anyway? Where's my line? Oh, yes, yeah, classic. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my line? <laughs> he's like, exceptionally good and what is an otherwise a ridiculous role here you know just the uh although i may think i'm godly i know i'm not worldly <laughs> please come my barbarian friend yeah. <laughs> you and i open a barrel together well and then it's, uh, it's time to celebrate 
And uh, Maid Marion's kind of like everyone's dancing around and like doing a conga line. Turned. Marion's getting into it. Will Scarlet is like, my lady, may I have this dance? And then Robin Hood just cockblocks out of nowhere, like walking up behind, like the lady's spoken for. What an asshole. Doesn't even. Here's the best part. Here's the BDE, if he has any yeah. at all. Doesn't even look at Will. But I mean, like, Robin, you got to be like secure enough to be like, oh, I'm going to go let them dance because I'm not threatened by it, you know? Well, also. Marion is doing like classic drunken sloppy white girl dancing. Like it's a lot of like hopping up and down. Like she is she has turned up. I mean they hadn't invented much in the way of dancing then, I don't think. My lady, let's go invent a form of dancing that involves us lying horizontal. Uh the next morning we get some orchestral flair from that beautiful, amazing Brian Adams song. The question lingers, did they smash? I say no. No, definitely not. They did not smash. Um the sexual Robinson, frustration is what fuels Robin Hood. Oh, for reals. Uh, he's sending Marion back. She's all giddy. Uh, they're going to go by boat so that they can't find their way back, which, whatever. Yeah. He has favors to ask. Um, I do kind of like this moment. It's a classic movie moment. He's like, first, take Duncan with you. <laughs> Get rid of this asshole. And so when Duncan's like, is he's like, has to be led over to Robin, like, my lord, why are you sending me away? And he's just like, bro, I need you to protect these poor, sad women. And he, Duncan's like, I will not fail you, though I certainly will, because I have no idea where I am right now. Um, the second favor is, since she's the king's cousin, he would like her to send word to the king about Nottingham's plan. There's a risk, because if the sheriff finds out, she could lose all that she has. And he's like, true, but would you do it for your king? And she's like, no, but I would do it for you. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so the music swells. She gives him, she leans up to give him like the quickest, lightest peck on the lips and then runs off to her boat. It's like, and it's like, it's like, a kiss? it's like on the side of the lips, kind of like she gets a little lip in there and a little cheek. What the fuck? Get back in there, girl. Man, she's got she to keep meager, you know. You've danced, you've seen buns. Get in there and just give, at least do a smooch. Yeah, so then cut to Mortiana and the sheriff. They're doing some more weird witchcraft. Shit, shit. can you imagine like a Zoe Deutsch? Made Marion. That'd be fucking awesome. Like if the movie was just about like mm. Marion. There's that Zoe Deutsch coming up again. She's never not coming up. Um, so yeah. So she, you don't dig a Bono's daughters made Marion. Uh, so I haven't seen all of the Nick. Um, what I remember of Eve Hewson is that in the pilot of that show, she has to inject heroin into Clive Owen's dick. Cause it's the last working vein that he has on his body. Um, so I'm sure she's great. <laughs> Marion, for some reason, that's just the only thing that I've really seen her in. I think that's the only other thing she's done. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's the only thing um, I'm aware of. I'm, I'm sure she's she's fantastic. She was great in the Nick from the couple episodes I saw. Anyway, uh, she's being rowed away. She's looking back at Robin in the mist with this, this crazy fuck energy. And Duncan is like, "No, I am blind. There's still some things I can see." He fancies you, my lady, which is like you know count number seven. And I wanted Marion to like lean over and be like, "You know what?" No fucking shit. <laughs> That's what's propelling this movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, now um, the sheriff's Mortiana's nude magic is just she cuts her arm, bleeds in a like a pot that might be heated, and then spits in it and smears it around. It's like aha, he must hire the Celts. <laughs> he's like, but they drink the blood of their dead. Yoke yeah, their strength. And he's like hired thugs, and he gets this like crazy smile on his face. <laughs> Because of the end. Uh, but the witch also tells him that he needs to basically knock someone up with royal blood to solidify the deal. Which is Marion, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marian, so she writes Yeah, oh, Marion yeah, goes to the bishop. She's got like a letter that she's written to the to Richard, kind of telling about the sheriff's evil deeds. 
geez, Bishop's like, oh, my most trusted writer will will come, you know, like bring the letter or whatever. And she's like, no, 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 Sarah's coming along with you, my lady in waiting. They're like not even out of the city when uh, this dude like fakes an injury and whacks Sarah over the head. R.I.P. Sarah here. Like she's not coming no, she's back alive. up. Is she? She's alive. You sure yep. about how? Yep. Does she well, show up later? She's alive later. Yeah. When? So when he offers to spare everyone but the ringleaders as a wedding present, he's also like, "And your lady in waiting." Oh, and I she's missed like that. Up and Mary. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how because what he clubs her with. Yeah. That's like a, cave like in a her sap. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyways. I know there's like a there's a part of the extended cut here where we actually see the sheriff hire the Celts. Yeah, there's a scene with the barons um, where they're okay. he's like laying out his evil plan to take over uh, all of England basically, and he like they bring in the weird Celtic like strongman general whatever. Uh, anyways, in the in the real cut, it just like cut to like Marion like waking up at night. There's like a a cat scare, you know, classic like cat like you know screaming. Ha ha ha, you fucking cat. Yeah. A soldier sneaks in behind her and like threatens to like cut her shirt or her gown off. She, she says, like I've never seen the breasts of a noble woman before. Just casual, uber creepy sexual violence towards women. She kicks him off, like grabs like a meat spit and skewers this dude. And then like it's like the weirdest cut to her like horrified expression after she skewered this guy. I don't know. It's such a weird so, it's uh so she she stabs him with the rotisserie chicken there or whatever. Yeah. And then more soldiers burst in, and I think that's when she's like, "Fuck!" Like, like obviously I'm I'm boned. Someone like wants they, a word with you, yeah, yeah. Like they, she realizes that they must have gotten her letter or something. Like her, you know, she warned Robin, "I could lose everything." And she that. does. And then Duncan yeah, somehow gets away because fucking Duncan, man, this is two for you, man. It's two times somebody went and stormed a castle, and your cowardly ass got away <laughs> somehow. <laughs> He gets manages to get on the horse, and he's like, "I need you to be my eyes, old friend." And the horse is like, "You're useless." And then just the fucking uh, soldiers are just like waiting to follow him because he's, he's yeah. clueless. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, so Duncan. He gets there just in time to warn Robin, and then the fucking Celts show up in massive numbers. I love like the warning arrows they communicate with. Like when Duncan first shows up, the guy's like, "Oh, there's somebody coming! I'll just fire an arrow into the ground, and it'll whistle." Oh, and then when they shoot more, yeah, like right, right at them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, know how they just leave Duncan dying in the dirt when the Celts arrive? You know that's merciful. Yeah. Um. So at one point, Will Scarlet has to spell it out for us. That old fool led him right, led him straight to us. And Robin's running past, and he stops, and he hears that, and he's like. Oh, <laughs> well, I feel like off camera, Robin's he he's looking back at Duncan dying in the dirt. And it's like, ah, the Celts are coming. What am I going to do? <laughs> but I, the reaction to Will Scarlet's line, he's just like, what? Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> so why, why exactly do the Celts like they like waste the strength of the Celts? Like these, they just they come in, they cause a little bit of damage and just like the. The Merry Men, like their archery team, like gets, you know, they they get in formation and just start mowing these dudes down with arrows. Yeah. Um, like, what was the point of that? <laughs> like, why didn't you start out with the siege weapons? Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, there's like the ebb and flow. Like they're fucked for a while and they get in the trees and they have the arrows. They're holding them back. Um, I got to say, I, a- I love there's like there's a bit where Robin's like he puts a bunch of arrows in the ground and starts like nailing dudes. He, also, he has a giant quiver of arrows on his back. Yeah, but he also puts them in the ground for like faster loading. But there's a the last person he shoots is like a female Celt, 
who like when she gets shot, she just screams, but like keeps running while falling backwards at the same time. <laughs> it cracks me up every time I watch it. I don't know why it's hilarious to me. Um, so Will Scott actually gets to do one of those things that, you know, it's not the first movie to do this, but it's on my bucket list, which is when somebody's climbing up a ladder at me and I just kick the ladder away. See, I just feel like they could have like Will, like he just has no badass moment in this entire movie. Like he, it seems like he doesn't even get to fight like for real, you know, his, his badass moments is mouthing off of the sheriff. Yeah. In the clear in the, the castle. At the like end. Wolf is doing more than him. Wolf's like taking out multiple dudes here. Wolf is secretly a badass. Yeah. Azim jumps in with his fucking scimitar. Is he's a beast, man? He's like killing people left and right. Oh yeah, they need to, they need to hire Azim on full time when this is all over. But like Wolf's gonna sit on the Iron Throne later. Um, yeah. So the Celts start firing flaming arrows at them. That's what, their innovation. Was Robin's this like, the first movie that did the flaming arrow thing? It was for uh, little baby Marco Sparks. Yeah, because I, I, I like any medieval movie they do that now and like i'm not sure how historically accurate it is but i feel like this was the first movie i saw with the flaming arrows like i feel like they just do it now because it looks cool on in movies 1991 i'm a little kid i have no guile right i have no i have no education to film or whatever i'm led by the movie so like when robin's like my god (laughs) i'm right there with him i was like oh fuck they applied fire to arrows they're unstoppable Everyone else is freaking out. Azim is still on the ground. He's like getting people to safety. He's like taking out people on horses. I think at one point he like cuts a horse with his scimitar. God, he's such a badass. The sheriff is picking shit out of his teeth. Just (laughs) bored. God, Alan Rickman is fucking amazing. I want him to have an Oscar for this. Just God damn it. There's also flaming boulders then come. Yeah. uh, We see Will Scarlet get caught here by a bunch of dudes crossbows. I think there's a, a couple shots where you really get a good look at Azim's scimitar. It's like covered in blood. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It will be covered in blood for like the next 45 minutes. Yeah. Friar Tuck uh, leads the children away. At this point, Robin Hood decides it's a good time to start emptying all the gold onto the ground for some reason. I, I think he's like trying to distract the Celts. I'm not sure. I but yes. Yeah. It's adders and shatters. Um, then we get this moment that like in retrospect, this like the adult version of me should think this is the weak part of the movie. I'm watching this last night and I still kind of loved it. Fanny and little John get separated on the treehouse thing. And Robin has to swing over. Just all of it. Like the, the they're separated. John starts to cross the rope bridge. It burns down. He's like yelling like, Fanny. He's like, like he's going out of his mind. Yeah. For half a mo. I forget what happens. I honestly thought, oh my God, this is the part where Fanny throws the baby across the burning chasm to her husband. She does not. What I really wanted to happen was for Robin to like swing over to Fanny and like get the baby and then swing away from Fanny with the baby. I don't (laughs) know why. Froosh up in flames with Fanny. I mean, I haven't watched this movie like multiple times. Like I've watched other movies that we'll probably do on this podcast, but like I was like, oh yeah, she throws the baby like a football here. I don't know why <laughs> I was positive that happened. Uh, but no, so Robin swings over to rescue her and the baby because he's a hero. He like gets Fanny to swing back over to John with the baby. Then from afar, there's a great moment where like right as she gets into John's arms, we see a soldier off in the tree line, and he's got his arrow. Like it's like he's gonna like hit Fanny and the baby. And then, like, boom, Wolf shows up, knocks the soldier out. Woo! And then, boom, a soldier comes and grabs Wolf and drags him away. It's a roller coaster, this drama. Oh, yeah. So- they have to tie a rope to the, or tie a log to the rope to swing it back to Robin, but it's like caught fire by now. And so when he swings back, oh, he falls. Bum, bum, bum. We, we see his cross necklace on the ground. It appears that Robin's finished. The cross necklace, which is so, like, in movie visual language, is like so tied to him. Uh-huh. So, 
when the sheriff produces it later, I was like, how? <laughs> I guess they found it. I don't know. It's shiny. Like that. Yeah. So meanwhile, like Marion's like locked in the castle. She's like being like forced into the, the church, like the sheriff struts in his new outfit, his outfit, which is like medieval S and M evening wear of like decorative ball bearings or whatever. So I guess the, the whole bit is like, Oh, you have to marry me or I'm going to like do terrible things. All these prisoners I just took and the children. So she's not a prisoner there. He explains you're yeah. here for your own protection from the outlaws. And you know, she's and like from yourself. Yeah. She's like, Where did you hear that? I was hanging off outlaws. And he's like, by your own hand and he like produces the scroll and she looks at the bishop like you had one job and he's like oof awkward <laughs> there's a bit here where uh they're like looking at like the outlaws have been captured uh and the, the bishop is trying to like talk her into like marion nottingham and marion's just like only one man can heal the wounds of this land robin hood and the bishop just gives this like awkward like ew look at the sheriff and like backs away well also the bishop, the bishop's look like I feel like Candy Laurentis is still relatively like novice piss drinker. The bishop's been like an all piss cleanse for his entire life. Mm. Yeah. So the sheriff is like, he's going to have to hang the ringleaders, but you know, spare the rest of the woodsmen, their families or children. And Sarah, it's a wedding gift. Hint, hint. She's gritting her teeth. Like, who am I supposed to marry? And that's when he like the sheriff, like nudges the bishop in there. Yeah. And he's like, search your heart. There you go. There you go. You happy? Search your heart, my child. Why not a union with the house of Nottingham and heal the wounds? That are um, and so when, when she's just like, fuck no, the bishop's just like, bro, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's just frigid, bro. You're, you're wonderful. Why? I don't know why she won't marry, but she's terrible. Well, this one, they got to bring in the children to just be like, Hey, if uh, you marry me, I want to execute all these children basically. So, so this was like my number 10 top moment, which is when he goes to like to menace her, he goes and inspects one of the kids. He's like, what a beautiful child. So young, so alive, so unaware of how precarious life can be. I had a very sad childhood. I'll tell you about it sometime. I never knew my parents. It's amazing. I'm sane. <laughs> Anyways, Marion runs off horrified. Uh, you're right there. Oh, I just love it. I'm okay. sorry. Calm down. Uh, so back to the uh, the smoking embers of the village here. Azim is still alive, obviously, because there's no fucking way those Celts are going to take him out. Little John's mm-hmm. there. Bull's there. Um, I think Fanny may be around here. Uh, oh, no, oh, the Friars. Is- the Friars here. This is when uh, they're like, they look up and like the silhouetted from, I don't know where this light is coming from. This like key light. This music video haze. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Robin Hood. Christian. He made it. He's alive. All his people are dead, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, the one part we skipped over there is uh, when Mar- Marion realizes she has like she has no choice but to marry. The sheriff giddily says, "Like that's true." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and torture uh, chamber. Yes. So the ones that are being like worked on in there, including Wolf and Will Scarlet, who's just like hanging upside down. <laughs> well, sheriff, this this is the part where like, the movie kind of falls flat. Like sheriff, sorry to keep you hanging about. Yeah, well, he's pissed off because he's like he's heard Robin Hood might still be alive. Wants to know where he could be. It's like if you have time to find the medallion, you got time to like stab dead bodies and find him. Well, they're just really not good at finding people in the woods. Apparently, apparently, it's all this one clearing. Yeah. So Will Scarlet offers his services to hunt down the sheriff. Um, I even wrote down the dialogue from this scene because it's so good. Mm. Um. There's three parts. We can't all do this. We can't do this. There's only two of us. 
Okay. I wish we had another. Is the dialogue that great in this scene? It's fantastic in this scene. We're like, like Wolf is like chiming in and Will's like offering to kill for the sheriff. Um, And like Will has this whole thing about like, I'm one of his men. I can get close to him. He'll never suspect me. Um, And Wolf's like, he always knows you hate him, traitor. And like when Will Scott and the sheriff are both at the same time in unison, like, shut up. Yeah, the sheriff threatens to cut out Will Scarlet's lying tongue if he fails. He does not do that. If only. Well, he's going to cut his head off, so cut out the middleman or the middle tongue. Oh, I think this is in the deleted scenes where they torture him. Like, does he say to make it more convincing? Is that near a cut? No, no. Okay, yeah, that's like that's why he has like all those uh like slashes from the, also, the whip. Those are intense. Yeah, like you're not walking back to. The yeah, I know. He looks fine. Yeah, he's he's moving. Somehow Duncan's body isn't like pulverized by like a bunch of like horse horse like footprints or anything, you know. No, so or just charred. Yeah, Robin's feeling real bad for himself. He's like found Duncan's body, he's crying over it. You know, he says his pride caused all this carnage. He's like, I was there. a fool. I didn't realize I should have dug a few trenches or made some fortifications to my like evil hideout. Yeah. Um, Azim points out that, you know, his pride actually gave these idiots hope. You know, he says, wise man once told me there's no perfect man in this world, just perfect intentions, which is bleak. That's when Will staggers back in the forest. Little John instantly attacks him because he senses, like, traitor dar. I feel like Uh, I haven't entirely trusted Christian Slater since I saw this movie. Oh, I I hear you. I think that's part of why the turn in Mr. Robot is so easy to guess. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, were you just like, were you like in the theater of like, like pump up the volume? And you're just like, I don't trust you, high school DJ. Watching cuffs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trust you, you Jack Nicholson teenager. Yeah. I mean, his, this is his best movie. This and uh, Star Trek Six. Not Heather's. You know, I'm not a Heather's boy. Are you a Heather's guy? I watch it like once. It's fine. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, in the scene, um, a little more whining about from Robin. You know, we get the whole backstory about how uh, Will Scarlet's his brother, and Robin Hood's just really upset that Dad is trying to get some strange after their mom died. Um, Azim invent, invents TNT. He's <laughs> like, by the way, it's dynamite. I'm just trying to picture this movie. If you had told me if I hadn't seen this in like four years, and you had told me like. That's actual dialogue. Your dad was just trying to get some strange after his beloved wife's death. I'd be like, I believe that. It was 1991. It's a different time. There's a really weird deleted scene where um, the sheriff is talking to a scribe who has to write things on it, like a slate to talk to him. And he's like, how's your wife? Uh, and the sheriff's like, she's fine. And then he like throws himself into a pile of like gold and like, you know, like, goblets and wealth and stuff and that and just like rise around in it it's so bizarre he's like doing like a like a scrooge mcfuck yeah well like um, while his like winches dance in the background yeah <laughs> i am going to be going to youtube to find that as soon as we're done here um and then and then uh, he, he finds a hole in the wall and realizes that mortiana has been spying on him for years and he goes down and has a confrontation with her and she reveals that she is his mother and that, like, she, like, swapped out babies with, like, whatever, like, noble man, like, was supposed to be his father or something like that. It's so bizarre. It's out of nowhere. And that's, like, uh, why he's, that's why he wants something pure at the end of the movie. Okay. Yeah, it's very weird. It's it's kind of interesting to whatever could be happening in his childhood because it's a, it's, a, it's a miracle that he's saying 
Um, but yeah, on our next fuck break, I'm gonna I'm gonna be YouTubing those. Um, yeah, Will's message is from the sheriff. They're gonna hang ten men tomorrow at the castle, including Wolf. It'll be a celebration to the sheriff's wedding to Lady Marion. All right, let's um, let's just get to the fucking fireworks factory, factory man. Uh, this scene is yeah. like it's like a heist and like a sneak attack and a prison break and like an assassination attempt all at the same time. It's so cool. Like this is what Rogue One should have been. Like this final sequence here. Well, this is also what you always want in a movie. It's a scene where someone has like a scale model of the plan, yeah, uh-huh. and talks about Cracker Jack timing. And there's a the whole thing where it's like there's only six of us. We have to work in total concert. And then Fanny's like, "There's seven of us," you know. You got Friar Tuck. He's like sneaking in the gunpowder barrels, and he's got Azim dressed as a leper next to him in disguise. Oh, I love it. I mean, this movie might be why I love heist movies or like Mission Impossible movies or both. Yeah. I yeah. love the bit with like Fanny's up there. She's like got like uh, a rope that she throws down to little John, who's got like this bundle of sticks that have like swords and bows inside. Not a light, not a light package. No. Yeah, no. He, and she just climbs up a wall. I love how he gets to the top just as a soldier's talking to Fanny, and he just throws that dude off the wall. Well, at first, I was like, okay, no one has seen this like seven foot man with a BG's like per, <laughs> like perm crawling up the side of the wall, and then when he throws the dude, I'm like, fuck it. But so she's like, at one point, she's just like hanging over the side, like dangling her legs and just like drops Hello, these two swords casually. Yeah. yeah. And I love the bit when the two guys, they do like they're walking in opposite directions. They pick, they up pick their them swords up. Yeah. It's awesome. Keep going. Bull, um, bull yeah, Robin, here is dressed as a Celt. Yeah. Um, the one Celt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robin comes in his robes and we see him. This is the scene you're talking about. It was like shot for like men for earlier in the movie. He's rubbing smoking hot, oh, fresh shit on that himself. Steaming. <laughs> so gross I, i'm shocked they didn't actually show it, the animal it haunts me, it haunts me to this day because like when you're a kid and you watch this you're just like oh man like would i have to do that like if i was like on like a mission or something like you just like you just have to steal yourself for it you know you're like well that's what heroes do sometimes you gotta rub some shit guys, on themselves some guys you some guys walk away from explosions without looking back some guys <laughs> rub steaming hot shit on their like, let's get some fecal matter in my eyeballs yeah, yeah. Um, they're putting like the barrels of like gunpowder under the stocks. Soldiers just like, oh, this bit. This bit should have been in my top moments when the soldiers like giving them a hard time and like to like wave them away. Friar Tuck, because the whole thing is Azim's supposed to be a leper, and it's like, say, is this your finger? <laughs> Soldier runs off, and he's like, Friar Tuck yells, he's been leaving parts of himself all over England. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Azim uh, sneaks away, which by the way, we haven't seen Azim use a bow yet in this, but he's awesome at it. Of course he is. Make way for the Lord's work. A simple benedictory for these poor bastards who are about to stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the sheriff and Marion come out of the balcony to oversee the festivities. She is dressed almost like a photo negative version of him. She's got that she's weird, weird like high collared business, yeah. Yeah, she's like she's been bit by a vampire and doesn't want to show it. She's wearing Robin's cross pendant, and the sheriff's like, that's a bit inappropriate, don't you think? And she's like, <laughs> no more than your wedding present. Their marriage is going to be awesome if they went through. Oh, yeah. Prisoners are brought out. Wolf recognizes Will immediately, uh, calls him out as a traitor. Uh, Will's brought yeah, from the hey, sheriff. Will, maybe hang back from the prisoners. You know, like you don't know how they're going to react when they see you. Yeah, just chilling right in the cloud. In, right in Wolf's face. And we get one of those weird close ups. Like, yeah. POV Wolf. And he's like, shh, shh, shh. And Wolf's like, fuck you, bitch. Suck my balls. I'm about to die. I love that uh, the part of this whole procession here is that there's like drummers. Which makes it cooler, you know, because it's like it's got its own soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if when we executed prisoners, we had drummers, like just percussion going? 
Ooh, it's in lethal injection. <laughs> um, yeah, so Will's like a whole story. He's found Robin's lair. He's already dead. Didn't see a body, just a gray. And the sheriff's like, yeah, string him up too. But there's no more uh, places for nooses on the uh, gallows here. So Jack Hedge has got to get the uh, the old axe out for beheading here. Which I don't <laughs> know about these, these executions here. Like they seem a little too too tame. Like for nope. you got like a big crowd here. Like maybe maybe there is like a second component because they're not like doing the whole like break your neck with the uh, the drop thing on these hangings. Right. Like maybe there was like a, a quartering about to happen that we just didn't get to or something. It's like if I was in this crowd, like I'm like a weird medieval, you know, gremlin who's watching this like execution for fun, just watching some dudes hang. That's pretty boring. Well, I guess you're 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 edging over the fact that like the life is just going to slowly drain out of them as they like twitch. I mean, like, are, I, most like, of these, they'd be doing like horrible shit to these people. They'd they'd be like carving them up and doing all sorts of gross shit. You're just not into like watching people like twitch to death. Nah, it's just boring. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, you're wow. Like you've moved to a whole other level of death kink. Um, yeah. So the the big moment again. Uh, Wolf's the first one to go. Robin at the arrow, like we talked about in our favorite moments. He's like dodging swords, sword swipes from the sheriff's men the whole time. Oh, he does he does the move where he licks the uh, the feathers on the arrow to like make it spin or something? Mm-hmm. And then you get the cool shot of it spinning as it cuts through and saves Wolf. So when he and shows up, pandemonium his- ensues. His big entrance and Marion screams, Robin! The only moment that ever was like like in dialogue with this for me in cinema is when Obi-Wan screams in the Phantom Menace trailer. Oh, really? Huh, okay. Yeah, my mind my mind makes weird connections. Like huh. something like when I first saw that trailer in 1999, I was like, oh shit. Like, what is this evoking in me? And it was a callback to that. Anyway, they, um I just love the part in this where like beforehand, Azim has like gotten ready with his fire arrow. He's about to fire it. And then that's when like Will Scarlet gets like tied to one of the the barrels of explosives, and it's yeah. like no, no, it's cancel that, and he like ducks back and blows out the fire. Yeah, um, there's always something that's got to fuck up your plan. Everyone who's ever seen a heist or a Mission Impossible movie knows uh-huh. that. Yeah, so well, this is the Sheriff key to a good heist. Is we we kind of saw what was supposed to happen beforehand. Like you go here, I'll go there. You know. Well, but this one, like, it's like it it. You're right, but it telegraphs for you. Like this is clearly the plan. Yeah, it's gonna go great. Oh shit! Here's a complication. Like they do a great job of like, oh here's the, the wrinkle, and the ebb and flow here. So the sheriff screams for more troops, and you're like, oh fuck! And then like Bull cuts the rope that brings down the gate, like keeping the trope the troops out, and you're like, oh okay. And then the sheriff screams for the execution. Get on with it! So he starts like kicking the stu- the, the executioners like, kicking the stools out from everyone. Some of them like Wolf and Fire Tucker like trying to like hold people up to keep them from dying and this was like this was the most tense moment See, i think i think wolf's wolf's actually tugging on him on those legs i think i don't think he's trying to hold him up oh okay um so the execution is about to behead wolf and axe that's that's a joke by the way okay yeah sorry because wolf's a madman he's he's a fucking psychopath he kills for sport interesting Mm -hmm. so wolf's gonna be your number one and i was totally wrong about your will scarlet love We'll see. We or, flame- I'm playing because I called you out. Ooh, this is going to be juicy. I want to add more drama to our character rankings. That's, I guess that's what I'm going for. Anyway, um, flaming arrow shot. The, yeah, the burning arrow shot. The executioner gets in slow mo. Uh, and this part I fucking love. I didn't want to put this in my top moments because I want to save it when we actually get to it. But like when little John just runs up and like charges like the apparatus, like the scaffold with the gallows, and just like knocks the thing over a little bit so that they 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 all stop choking to death. 
Well, see, everyone's got to oh. have a moment here, you know, like everyone gets their own little bit. But oh shit, I was like in the theater. It was like I was able to like exhale a little bit <laughs> as a kid. Um, so everyone gets cut free, and like this is like the kind of a bizarre moment where like it's pandemonium, and then like uh, the barons are like yelling at the sheriff, and then Robin's like right, seeing control. And, yeah, Robin Hood sees them all getting away, and then Azim's just like, "Oh, it's it's time to invent democracy here." <laughs> you know, like I'm about to give a oh, rousing really? speech. You're 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 sidestepping the sheriff's other great line besides the spoon. Shut up, you twit. <laughs> Which again, if you told me this whole movie was just made up of like like Alan Rickman outtakes, yeah, really. Like this was all like his blooper reel. I would believe it. But yeah, Azim has to like stand up there. He's I love how he's got like the bow, longbow in one hand and the scimitar in the other. He looks like such a badass. And he like mm. gives this whole speech about like I'm not one of you, but I fight. I fight with Robin Hood. Freedom. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Yeah, freedom!" And so, like, then they all like storm the gates until like yeah. two soldiers come out with like maces or something. He, <laughs> he does the badass move where he bites off the uh, fletchings uh, and fires mm-hmm. two arrows at once. Like, yes. I, I need like five more trick arrow shots in this movie. Like, I cannot get enough of them. Well, and there's a difference between trick arrow shots and like the fucking yeah. The trailer for that one movie implies it's all like rapid fire shit. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's not cool. Yeah. Um, also, fuck it. Don't be a coward. I want Hawkeye to have weird, goofy arrows in the next Avengers movie. Like uh, the the punching bag arrow and the exploding arrow. Isn't and that like more the, of the, a, the uh, arrow. an arrow thing? Arrow, the green no, that's, arrow. A, that's a Hawkeye thing, too. I thought the punching bag arrow was a green arrow, wasn't it? Hawkeye and green arrow are such a fucking copycats of each other. All archer heroes from comic books are the same thing. Hawkeye just wasn't in Infinity colors. War, right? No, he wasn't. That yeah, was the whole thing. Didn't miss him. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, as we're talking, they're probably dropping the Avengers 4 trailer. We don't even know. Um, yeah, some guy on Reddit declared that he'd drink his own piss if it didn't drop tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that, Kindle Laurentis. Or <laughs> 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 the bishop in this movie. Yeah, so Azim and Robin, this is when they get on the catapult launch over the wall. And the moment's called back with like Azim's like, is she worth it? And Robin is like, worth dying for? I, I think it's supposed to be like exclamation point, but it comes off more as question mark to me. <laughs> Oh, is that what we're doing? Kunk. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like uh, the sheriff is like rushing the Maid Marion into his chambers to like marry her, like on the quickness or whatever. Like, yeah. But outside, the, this, yeah. this catapult thing is so insane. I love it. It's like, it's so dumb because like they, they have no, like they should just splat against the wall or something. They yeah. clear it. You get the fuck me. He cleared it line. And then like literally five seconds later, the peasants like get the gate open anyway. <laughs> it's like congratulations on being like ten seconds ahead of the rest of the people. Um, you so totally Robin risked Azeem. your life on like the stupidest stunt you could possibly pull. You should be dead right now. Well, just just for the sake of plot convenience, like the sheriff won't fuck Mary until they're married. So they're gonna do the vows while he's like undressing all of his many many medieval garments and outerwear. Robin and Zemo are like fighting their way through the soldiers, trying to get to the chapel. And oh, this is some great many, like sword fighting. How many mm-hmm. like uh, 80s and 90s movies involve some sort of like race against time to stop a wedding because like you had to like defend a woman's virtue? I feel like that was a lot of movies back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's because women are property. Um, not just like defend woman's virtue. It's just to like be the one who snatches it away. I need to get it before that guy gets it. <laughs> 
Um, there's a great moment when Robin like like stops and stares at the statue and the sheriff and is like, LOL. So he and his team can't get into the chapel well, because Morgana has barricaded the it. The thing huh. with the statue, it, it's almost like a Coen Brothers bit or something because like people keep doing that throughout the movie. They all stop and look at the statue. Yeah, so it's, it's like this up, weird, like kind of like quirky humor. Yeah, so it stops. Uh, so it's set up for like as they can't get into the chapel, they look at each other at the same time and they're just like statue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, sma- they're smashing that thing until the head breaks off. Uh, Mortiana inside, she grabs Marion's crotch and is like, "She's ripe." That also haunts me to this day. It's so gross. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin's like, like they've given up once the head comes off the statue. Like Azim's still working on it. Robin goes along inside the castle, playing like swing in on a rope. Um, Sheriff, he can't get it up of all that racket as like Azim's like pounding on the door. So Morgana goes outside and she runs Azim through a spear and talk about shit that haunts me to this day. Oh, the look when on her she- face. Where she like freaks out and rushes him with a spear, stabs him in the thigh, goes crazy, and she's like, "I'm a poor old woman," and she then attacks him again because she's a crazy old witch. He tosses her like a goddamn rag doll. She runs at him again. He's still got the spear, so now she's like impaled on her, herself on the spear, and then she runs down the hallway with the spear still halfway. She's like through. skulks away. Yeah, it's like hilarious. Like now I see it, and it's absurd. But the, as a kid, I was just like gripping the armrest of that theater seat. Um, well, you get that but, really close up, like wide angle shot of her face, their gross teeth, yeah. and everything. Yeah, and her her like naughty David Bowie eyes. Yeah, there's like this is all like it's absurd and it's silly and it's this action movie like like drama building up. There's a violent sexual crime that's about to happen here. But it's um, like it's like cutting back and forth between it, like excitedly, you know. Yeah, like, Marion even says, you might take my body, but you'll never have the real me, which is like, fuck, this is real, what's happening to her. And he does, Alan Rickman does this incredibly ridiculous move that should not be so interesting and funny here, where he like lifts his whole body up and then comes down of his feet to like spread her legs apart. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I could add this to the complaints, like making making her like potential rape basically like physical comedy. You know? Yeah, it's it's very unsettling. It makes this all much darker. So Robin finally like crashes in the window and Sheriff's like, oh, bother. You know, he whips out like Robin's dad's mighty big fucking dick sword, cuts a gash on Robin's like chin. And he's like, we're even. And then just imagine Robin went like full Inigo Montoya here. So they have a sword fight. They're swinging these big well, fucking steel blades. Meanwhile, uh, Friar Tuck has like found the bishop and he, get, he gets to take the bishop out. I love it. Here's 30 yeah. pieces of silver. That's uh, great. Pushes him out the window. You know, there's like a massive splat down there with all the money and like all the people run out to take the money. But like that's a quite a fall too when we yeah. see the body. Oh, yeah. Um there's a point here. So Marion, like her contribution is she's like kicking pews at the sheriff as like Robin and the sheriff are are slashing at each other. The sheriff like bumps his head on one of the pews. Robin slashes down, cuts off a huge chunk of that perm dyed black <laughs> Robin Smith hair. Um, and the sheriff looks at it like like oh shit my precious hair, and Robin's like if I have to I will take one piece of you at a time, and so the sheriff's like I'll do the only taking today, and he grabs Marion and kisses her, and it's like again just laissez faire sexual violence. Well, so Marion like flings hot candle wax. Yeah, she on grabs him. a candle and throws the wax on him. So at first I thought oh she threw it on his dick, but it's actually his chest. Yeah. Um, well, just this whole fight is on. so insane. It's just they're flailing around. Uh, the sword that uh, like Loxley, like Lord Loxley's sword here, it's massive. I think it's a huge sword. It's a yeah. two-hander. It's, uh, a, it's a it's a Brian Blessed sword. Yeah. This is Kevin Costner and Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. Pushing over lots of shit, uh, throwing things at each other. Uh, eventually, uh, 
sheriff like loses a sword and it's like oh robin just got the upper hand but then the sheriff like manages to dodge around get the sword back and he has this like hilarious like nah like laugh that he does when he gets it back it's just so raw and frantic and clumsy and weird and it's 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 perfect yeah it's here in my eye it's perfect and then eventually uh because robin's sword is like not you know such great like you know noble steel or whatever it just breaks as it's eventually when he gets hammered with it he throws it at the sheriff then and it reminds me the bit when uh uh oh what's his fucking name the 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 second in command and saving private ryan uh the big boy the big drug boy uh sizemore yeah sizemore when his gun runs out of him and the german it, yeah. and they're just they're throwing their pistols at each other yeah so the sheriff's you know about to kill him he's like hamming it up he like takes the one last swipe and of course robin whips out marion's dagger and puts it in the sheriff's chest um not even gets like a, a minute long death scene here it's great oh he is one of the great death scenes. Him. Yeah. he is staggering he's milking this he is ugly drooling like i don't ugh. know about you but like this was like when i was a kid i would just like act this out oh like this death scene there was two things that i could act out it was this and i could act out like the first 10 and a half minutes of the original batman movie it was mm. kind of gross how well i knew that but yeah he's got like the throes of death slobber like that turner hooch slobber i know he's, he's drooling everywhere yeah, into his like bloody chest wax chest. Yeah, so he finally like he's crawling. He finally expires. Robin's exhausted. He goes to kiss Marion, and then Mordiana pops up out of fucking nowhere with that spear. <laughs> She's ready to attack Robin from behind, and then Azim kicks in the door perpendicular to Robin and just flings his scimitar, which hits Mordiana. She goes sends flying. Her flying. She's, she flies like at least twelve feet across the room <laughs> after getting hit with that thing. She dies in the lap of the sheriff. The, the foley work on like the sword, like in her chest <laughs> as she lands, it's so great. So Mary does this kind of like stress whimper, like you know, and Azim's just they, like, "All right, I'm done now. <laughs> I'm exhausted and I'm bleeding to death." So like Robin and Mary, like they run to each other's arms, fall to their knees. She's thrilled that he came for her, that he's alive, and he's like, "I would die for you." And then we get the full fucking orchestral riff of the song. As they're oh, like man, I'm gonna, kissing I'm in the background, in the foreground, there's uh, the oh, sheriff's, sheriff's dead Dora. body. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, like, when uh, uh, in True Blood, when they kill the, the like season four, they kill the king of Louisiana's like uh, lover, and it's like uh, Bill and Sookie just fucking their remains. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that. Um, yeah. So later we get the wedding. So yeah, I thought you were gonna go to the uh, I love you, Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> That's next. <laughs> um, and cut, yeah, so cut the to the wedding. And you got Robin Hood in some like jaunty, like Christmassy woodsman formal wear here at the end. Yeah, it's out in the woods. Everyone's there. Friar Tuck's officially. At least he's finally wearing green. Man, would it would have yeah. killed you to wear this outfit the rest of the movie? Mm-hmm. And considering you might need like camouflage, Will Scarlet is finally wearing scarlet. Yeah, everyone's like wearing their best. Except for Fire Talk, he's still wearing his like dirty robes. No, he's no, he cleaned it up. He's those are much nicer. Okay, um, yeah. So there, he's doing the bit about you know, may anyone speak now, forever hold their peace. Like, he's about like to pronounce what, them. Wedding like, goals here, man. It's like the whole yeah. like uh, you know, autumny like crown of you know, he's just got like a wreath crown of uh, flowers this and whatnot. Is the, this is the Breaking Dawn Part One wedding. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent is, and we get the hold, and there shows up Sean fucking Connery's King Richard, which perfect casting for Richard the Lionheart by Scott. Again, yeah. I'm ten years old when this <laughs> comes out. Like, 
I don't have the internet. I don't have spoilers. No one does. This oh no, mind blowing. Oh, totally he, mind blowing. Yeah, he's like, I will not let this wedding proceed unless I can give away the bride. <laughs> Suddenly, like Azim and Will Scarlet are buddies now. They're like hugging each other. <laughs> oh, oh! I totally forgot about this. I just noticed it now. Like the so Lionheart shows up and like everyone bows. They're like, oh shit, it's the king. And Azim's just like standing. She he does not yep. kneel. He's just looking around like, what the fuck's wrong with these assholes? What a legend. So the the wedding proceeds. The king just stands right behind them. Like he's gotta be a part of this. <laughs> Friar Bertak pronounces the man and wife. This is the weirdest part to me. Weirder than some of the other stuff in the movie. He tells Robin he can kiss the bride. And Robin's like, I know that. How how close does this put Robin to the throne now? Real close. Like physically real close. But yeah, real close. Um so the king has to actually step back so he and Robin and Mary can kiss. That's how close he is. The king throws his hands so everyone can cheer. I want him to be like, ladies and gentlemen, can I present Mr. and Mrs. Bob Vance? Um yeah, they're kissing, everyone's cheering, There's doves are being like it's a fucking John Woo movie. And then we Will get Scarlet hugs Azim, who doesn't really yeah. hug him back. No, we get this intense Michael McShane close up. Yeah. Now get out. It. We're wasting good celebration time. It's like a weird fourth wall break at the end of the movie. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, so Robin and kiss, and they smile, and they laugh, and they kiss some more, and we get to the end. And holy fucking shit, this movie is just—it's going to be one of our longer podcasts. I can tell. Who gives a fuck? It's it's jubilant, orgasmic joy. This movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, make one change. Ah, uh, I mean, nothing just for the sands of time to appreciate this movie even more. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to talk about this critically. Like it's, I, I, I would just maybe kind of like the pregnancy scene or something. I don't know. I didn't feel like it added that much. The, the biggest flaw to me is the bit in the woods when Robin comes out of the music video light and everyone's like, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, he's dead. And then the, suddenly the sheriff just bursts in the torch center. He's like, I've heard he might be alive. And it's like, from who? Yeah. How? What? Yeah. Just like getting the, the device to get Will back into the forest is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's do your power rankings. I have 11. Oh, I have 14. Oh, all right. Well, you should go first. Uh, 14, the bishop. Oh, I didn't rank Th- that guy. Yeah. 13, Duncan. Oh, yeah, fuck Duncan. Uh, 12, uh, tied for Bull and Sarah. Wow, okay. Putting those yeah. two together. Yeah, what do you got for 11? Uh, I had Duncan at number 11. Just Duncan sucks. He lets his master ride out alone and gets killed. He's totally worthless. He's like talking shit about the Moors and Saracens right in front of Azim. Like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, I don't totally buy that. Um, Partially because I listened to the, the Dollop episode on John McCain, which is savage. I just don't buy that Robin went into the Crusades and was in prison for five years and came back more progressive. <laughs> like, so, like, to have him be, like, the guy that we can, like, hang our hook on, whereas, like, Duncan's, like, the outlier. It's just, it's weird. Um, also, so my number 11 is very strange because my, my take on this character has changed since I wrote this last night. But my number 11 is Friar Tuck. Huh, okay. I would actually put him higher, I think, now, but he's he's my number eleven right now. I had Wolf at number ten. Okay, he interesting. Was, he was fine, but a little bit of a madman. My ten is wild. It's uh, it's King Richard the Lionheart, played by Sean Connery. 
Oh, you know, I don't have him on here, but if I did, he'd probably be higher. Hmm. I mean, this is, at least for me, prime Sean Connery. I know a lot of people think of like, you know, the early Bond movies as prime Sean Connery, but for me, Sean Connery's always been like the indie Old. three, like older, you know. Well, he's 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 a bunch of different people to me. He's obviously James Bond. He's he's young James Bond and he's old James Bond. He's you know Indy's dad. He's also like the weird, like Russia house, like lover. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't truck with that John Connery. Yeah, but I've known I've known plenty of women who were just like I would fuck him if he was an old leather bag, which he is. At least James Bond. So, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was well, number nine. Uh, Will Scarlet in your fucking face! Wow, mm-hmm. you didn't just change us to no. stick it to me. No, I, mean, I don't know. Will he just doesn't doesn't do a lot in the movies. So bitch and moan about it, you know, rich boy and all that. Doesn't have any cool like kill scenes at the end or anything. Okay, well, I will just I will just rub this shit all over myself uh-huh. and sneak into this thing. Uh, my number nine is uh, Geraldine McEwen as Mordiana. She was Miss Marple for a while. Uh, what here's what I love about her. She turned down her OBE, which would have made her a dame. Okay. I don't know why. This fascinates me. When she was asked about it, she's just like, none of your business. Huh. <laughs> I don't know much more about her, but I just, I, that detail alone, I love her. All right. Uh, number eight, I had Bull. Okay, Bull goes wow. ahead of Will Scarlet just on account of his massive dick. He's a huge dick, yeah. That's what he, he brings to the table. Bull more useful in that final fight. Bull's Bull's uncut, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. Gross Sherwood Forest guy. Who's cutting that? Uh, my number eight. I just kind of bunched a bunch together because I had a, I have a lot of rankings. So I have Little John, Fanny, and Wolf as a wow. family unit. Eight, yeah. Oh, they're yeah, gonna be. Has some weird people at the top. I feel like. Oh, you know I am, but like this would be a great spinoff of this family. Because there's like, eh, there's, I gotta be honest. I could, I could, I could lose the other two and just go with Little John. Okay, there's like seven other kids in this this whole family yeah, too. We don't need that. We just need Little John. Uh, number seven, I had Sir Guy of Gisborne. Yeah, Michael Wincott, the fucking legend. I met a hooded man, my lady. <laughs> At least he didn't steal your virtue. Wink. <laughs> yeah, it's my number seven as well. Uh, number six, I had Friar Tuck. Wow, okay. I mean, this is based on the, the theatrical release, not the uh, extended cut where he's like an asshole and a racist. Yeah. More of a racist. He's yeah. still a racist in the uh, the theatrical cut. My number six in my own fucking face is Will Scarlet. Hmm. Just uh, like Will Scarlet, like the movie itself comes to life in the last half an hour. I mean, granted, once they catapult away, he's done. But like just his scenes, I was like, oh shit, you're maybe you're not like a petulant like pile of sentient garbage okay cool all right uh number five had made marion who is Same. is fine in this movie i feel like she starts off real cool being like a secret ninja and then never does it again yeah i mean i love her but yeah all right what do you got for number so you had five marion at five as well is that right mm-hmm. yes okay number four i had little john just a great okay. look i just the the full like woodsman beard and everything is just like a what a perfect look for little john okay um like do you love it so much like what if like 
I, I, I cursed you and like you had to look like that for the rest of your life. Would you take it? I'd be really tall. Oh, what you secretly have always wanted. Yes. <laughs> Who do you have number four? Uh, my number four is actually Robin of Loxley. Oh, interesting. I have him at number three. Yeah, he's just, he's kind of a jackass. <laughs> I feel like you, watching it now, he isn't as likable as he was when I was younger. Like, I could definitely see recasting with like a lot of other people. He would have been more charming, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like, from what I understand is, is, Costner got a lot of shit when he took on Dances of Wolves. Like no one thought that would work, and so Kevin Reynolds was like one of the few guys because he directed him in a couple movies before who believed in him and came in and did some like, second unit on some of the action sequences. And then obviously, like Dances of Wolves turned out to be a big hit. Um, hey, do you want to have your mind blown? Guess how much the script sold for for this movie? How much? One point two million. Wow. All right. So I'm trying to remember what did Penn Desham do before? No idea. Um. Uh, vamp from it when i looked that up because he's he did more shit in this era i want to say if not die hard something something so he came up with the story and the screenplay and then there's like another guy with the screenplay credit uh so i'm just looking here magnificent 7 tv series looks like he did lots of tv stuff um no he didn't do shit before prince these i mean a gnome named norm the zoo gang I could have swore I've heard this name before. Outer Limits. Mall Flanders. Guys. Yeah, he oh, has shit. not done much. He seems like more of a producer than a writer. Um, just some TV work. Yeah, this is like his biggest movie for sure. Oh, shit. Okay. Maybe I'm just thinking of him from this movie. Shit. I directed Mall Flanders. Oh. And oh. the, uh, like one of the later Twilight Zone shows. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Oh, uh, he produced Backdraft. Yeah. What are we at? Uh, that was my number three was Robin of Loxley. My number three is Azim. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it's Who it's Morgan. You have it two and one. Huh? It'll blow your you mind. Put like um, Brian Adams in number one or something. You're 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 yeah. a real negative Nancy. You know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to uplift you, and you're just trying to take me down. This is a weird dynamic we have here. But yeah, it's Morgan Freeman. He's great. The character's fantastic. He reminds me. And I hate this because they're still like the same Middle Eastern place. He reminds me so much of Saeed from Lost, where it's like this character is almost too good to be your lead. You either just like don't have to use him, you know, because if if you put him in charge, he would just run the show and it'd be great and be over in 20 minutes. Um, Morgan Freeman is so fucking likable. And this is before so many other projects, which we know him better for. Hmm. Um, He was also like, I think he was still like 54 in this movie or something. Yeah, yeah, he's still not young. Yeah, and it's crazy to me. Like, you have these great, like, prominent African American actors like him and Samuel Jackson, who like really didn't find their like media until like much later in their lives, and they've just been like going so strong and so hard. Yeah, so that's my number three. All right, number two, I had George, the sheriff of Nottingham. Yes, I also have him listed as that as well. Alan Rickman is George, the sheriff of Nottingham, which we find out when he's getting married, chewing um, the fuck out of the scenery in this movie. Um, I mean, I, what more can be said that we have not already said about him? He's great in this movie. He really elevates material. I tell me, what is this movie without the sheriff? Yeah, it's it's something very different. Like, I mean, the 
the written character is so weird. I don't know what another actor would do with this. Rickman is just such a fucking hurricane of a mood that just like storms through this thing. And he, no fucks are given. Like I said, half of those could be bloopers that he, they just left in because it's that goddamn good. I mean, even movies like Dogma are, are brilliant just because of little bits of him. So, yeah. It's my number two as well. All right. Well, my number one is Azim because he's the fucking shit. He's so awesome in this movie. And I sure. I knew I'd be ranking him high, but it wasn't until this last rewatch that I was just like, my God, what a fucking legend. Like, I feel like after this movie ends, he like invents a microscope, like cures smallpox and finds a longitude or something. He's and like then like invents representative democracy or something too. Like he's mm-hmm. he's incredible. Just a, a a great, great man, obviously. And then one night he accidentally finds the G spot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did you ever see that SNL sketch on like ruin it for everyone? Do you, do you recall that at all? No. What's that? It was like a talk show where it's like people who ruined it for everyone else. And one guy is just like, Oh, I'm i uh, I'm the guy I, I pitched up. I picked up, I uh, picked up a hitchhiker and then killed him. Like that's ruined it for everyone. And then like Bill Murray is like, Oh, I brought the first woman to orgasm. <laughs> Anyway, that's what reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, Azim number one with a bullet. He's awesome in this movie. I just, I just want like Prince of Thieves two, like Azim's Revenge. Ooh, I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> Morgan Freeman at this age, though there's some shit that he's been accused of that's not cool, and I don't know how somebody comes back from that. Um, no, my number one, you cunt, is everything I do, I do it for you. Mm-hmm. You don't know how that song like affected me as a fucking kid. I was fucking ruled by that song for months and whatever year this came out. Hey man, I had um, the album. I know I had that Brian. Album. And I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shake off the uh, the shackles of your your ridicule and just talk about how great this song is. And this, this 1991, this song is fucking Joyce. And this is the only reason that I liked the uh, how did you talk to how do you talk to an angel song because it reminded me so much of this one because it seems like such a ripoff. Um. But Brian Adams seems like a guy that I thought like had like an incredible amount of soul for like a weird white guy who essentially looks like Larry Mullen Jr. Canadian. Yeah. The summer of 69, bro. Um, and then he really tried to come hard for soundtrack songs after that. Three Musketeers of like uh, Rod Stewart and Sting and then like the fucking uh, Don Juan DeMarco with that creep Johnny Depp and Marlon Brando. Well, that's a, that's a real movie of sexual offenders. Um yeah, and then Brian Adams finally was uh, mercy killed out of uh, musical stardom. Yeah, that was uh, he didn't really. He had like one other video I remember where they, they played a lot in like VH1. But that was it for him. The one with the fashion one. Yeah, like something I wear looks good on you, or you look good on me, or something. Something like that. I you know he he had that like he had the uh, Three Musketeers theme song. I think he had that too. Yeah, yeah, all for one and or one for all and all for love. Yeah, with like Sting and like Rod, Rod Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Where did I just hear that recently? Oh yeah, I said that a minute ago. Yeah. Um, which what a fucking weird old white guy blonde hair or trio, <laughs> a triumvirate of just ridiculous '90s stuff. Yeah. Which uh, someday we're gonna do that movie, right? I mean, probably, yeah. That I feel I like mean, that movie is like a spiritual uh, brother to this movie in, in a lot of oh, ways. For sure. I mean, I don't love it the same way. Like, like, no joke. I would take an arrow oh. for this movie. I wouldn't take an arrow for that movie, but like that movie just works in some ridiculous ways. Oh yeah. 
And like that's the only other person who could have played. Speaking of that movie, so the only other person who could have played this role would have been Tim Curry. Oh, as a sheriff? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It would have been that would have been even more over the top, I think. Yes. Because that's that's where Tim Curry lives. <laughs> who from that right. cast could you take to play Robin Hood? Like probably not um, Kiefer. Not Kiefer, but I really, really, really don't want Charlie Sheen as Robin Hood. <laughs> kind of do, actually. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> I think you know. Uh, he's okay in Hot Shots. I mean, he's maybe what in here for? Card. Drugs. <laughs> no. Oh my God, the fucking movies that Charlie Sheen, like Wild Things. <laughs> what a weird fucking movie. <laughs> he wasn't in Wild Things. Uh, not wild things. Um, I'm sorry, Major League. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Wild thing. Sorry. He, yeah, the wild thing. After seven hours of podcasting, guys, my brain's not there. All right. Well, the I think that wraps it up for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. We do we uh want to talk about what we're doing next? Is that official? I think we've talked about we want to do Batman Returns. Yeah, Christmas movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I'm wondering how much it holds up. Same, though. I love that movie. Um, I remember loving that movie. So we'll see. We'll see how it, how it stands the test of time. All so right. thank you for sticking through us with this uh, <laughs> pleasant trip down memory lane. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll be back in a few weeks to talk about Batman Returns. Until then, have a yep. good one. Bye. Bye.